Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Thursday, April 20th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. Apologize for the delay. Wasn't there a lot going on in the background that I was trying to get a show done yesterday, wasn't able to, and even today, it's limiting to what I can get to, but I wanted to make sure I talked about a few things that I thought were really important and correct the record on a couple of things as well. Um, we make sure this is uh, taking effect on the other channel. Okay, good. Kind of last second changes here. But there's some important stuff that obviously today is is a is 420 is a you know national marijuana holiday, and I've I've gone over a lot of things in the past. I mean, really, as many people know, the last American vagabond as it started for, from you know myself alone and doing this and building this website, it was focused on, on the cannabis law reform. And I'm not going to do a huge focus on this today because I feel like this is one of those topics that's just been utterly and thoroughly broken apart. I mean, there's still lies circulating. There's still people in political power who argue the exact opposite of what we can prove. Same with the deadly COVID injections or n- numerous other things that we could point out. So it's nothing unique there. But it is important to rehash and point out these things that that are old school, long term lies that it, it stem back to, a, a, you know, we're in this technological shift, right? Long before this point, though, there was a lot of other, you know, in this case specifically, you can tie it back to things like the timber industry, the, the battling between buying industries. And, and, you know, as long as far back as you want to look, powerful people will abuse their position to achieve their own ends for their benefit, even if that is a long term, potentially catastrophic action. I, I'd be willing to argue that without the illegalization of cannabis, which includes hemp, the world would be a very different place today, or rather specifically the United States would be a very different place today. I think hemp is, is a universal miracle, not just drug, but in numerous different avenues. But again, I could go off on this forever. Do, do some research on this, and I'll, I'll start with one thing to give you, get somebody started if they're interested. But it still blows me away that there are people like Berninson out there that will argue straight up reefer madness level narratives, despite seeing how much of the the same people that have been driving those narratives for 20 years are some of the same people involved with the lies we're being sold today. It's it's kind of mind blowing. But we're also going to get into a couple of interesting things. And I, I do see I kind of have an overlap to today's show. And it's kind of this overarching concept of what is being put in our food, our air, the water around put in their bodies and and how they're at least potentially i want us to ask the question is it possible this is already being done and it's something we've asked many times is it possible that's what's being sprayed in the sky is not just for climate change if that's the new, the newest version of the narrative that seemingly goes back and forth on whether it's fake news or not depending on what story they're telling but the injection, we can talk about GMOs in the food, we can talk about all sorts of other things. And just the, the simple question is, if we can already tell that we're being lied to about, let's just say, the mRNA in regard to pork, or the current discussion of cattle and the Cattlemen's Association, which seems to be a discrepancy between what they're saying they're being told to do, what they are doing, and then what the government says that they're being told to do. That's kind of alarming when you realize what we're talking about in regard to mRNA and who knows what else. Right. That's the real point there. If we know if we can catch them lying like we can with the injection, God only knows what else is going on and has been going on. So today's kind of overarching point is there's a whole lot of different things I try to kind of jam in, especially in the beginning, because I just wanted to get some of these points out. But try to see all this together. 
in not just the, 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 the lies from the politicians, but how all this drives a very clear direction. That doesn't mean it's only one agenda, but there's a very clear direction in a lot of this stuff. And we're going to talk about Appeal, this company backed by Gates, backed by the World Economic Forum, which is, is in, a, in an interesting way being misunderstood. And they, I'll just say it like that, just in, just in case that even this story were being spun about the misunderstanding is in and of itself potentially a sidestep or a lie. But ultimately, that even the narrative, and this is what I talk called arguing from within their narrative, is you can dive through the information that's being presented as even the challenge to what they're talking about. I'll go into all of this. And even that is shown to have some concerns. And it just seems like it's at all costs what's best for business. And even more than that, potentially something more nefarious behind it all about your health, not just keeping it or maintaining it or driving in a certain direction, but in fact, attacking your health. And I, pe plenty of people would push back on that say, that's not, that's a little too far. That's conspiracy theory. And maybe you're right, but we have plenty of other examples of this happening. We're going to talk a touch about geoengineering, this new cloud seeding project we've heard for the 40th time over the process of five years, this new thing called cloud seeding. Just look that even that phrase up. And you'll see it repeatedly stated over the process of 10 years, you know, two years ago, three years ago, five years ago. So how can it always be a new topic if they keep doing that? Because I think there's an obvious propaganda game being played around it. But I'm just going to get into it today because you have a lot of random things. The main focus today is that concept. This I'm going to finish today with a big focus on what this new edible at fruit and food cover they're using which which you know the biggest part for me is one if we know that they're already being we're being lied to about things they already told us were safe and effective and things we've seen in the past they swore were safe turned out to be oops but now we learned more about and they're not on top of that why we trust these people with any of the things we're talking about include i mean especially our health to be the same entities yet again trying and failing or doing exactly what they want, but pretending it's something else. The GMO conversation is obvious. They failed to achieve what they said they were going to do. They forced that on people. It's funny how we just don't talk about that anymore. Those countries are more food scarce than they were before they started that experiment. And they just let them keep going. And the third thing is that, that this is out and being used. And I don't think anybody even knew that until this story started getting populized, pop populated. How is that possible? Don't we get a decision in this stuff anymore? Have we ever? Important thing to think about. Now, let's talk about and this. This cannabis discussion is a pr very prominent health focused discussion. I mean, like I said, whether it's CBD, generally cannabis, all the different forms and the, the, the true miracle drug that it is in one sense, like not just hemp, but cannabis itself, which we've talked about this in depth. And it's kind of amazing how there was this peak of awareness around this and it kind of even faded back even to people that are interested in it. There is literally something called the entourage effect, which is when you have the full plant effect, not just plucking out THC or CBD as a chemical, but the full effect, it literally maximizes. I mean, even people, even Goop, Sanjay Gupta from CNN did a, did a whole segment on this way back when. Not to mean that because he said it, it's real, but even those people were talking about it because this is easily verifiable science that this plant, when consumed, and look, it doesn't have to be smoked. That's one thing people don't understand. Go grind it up and put it in a blender. Like, I mean, this is the interesting part. We're not talking about drugs and taking drugs here. That's one part of this. And as a grown-up, you should be absolutely allowed to make choices about your own body, right? Isn't that the whole big thing today? You can, you can cut things off and do all this. And even children can say yes, but you can't consume that plant. Yeah, that sure lines up, doesn't it? But the ultimate point is that this is 
in any form you want to take it in, very healthy for you in a lot of different ways. And it's even just as I'm saying this, I know there are people probably even in our community, they're going, that's not true. It's just this is one of the most long-seated manipulations in this country's history, as far as I can tell. Or I should, well, I take that back. But one of the largest, most ones that we are on the surface of the conversation that we seem to be aware of. But the entourage effect is a way of maximizing your body the way your body is meant to operate on its own. That's the, that's the homeopathy taught the discussion of, of creating a situation where your body, the system, that's the best way to say this, the, the, the way that your body is designed to heal itself and maximizing that process. Not doing something that alters the process or, or changes the process. or you know, th- That's what we're dealing with today in this big geo- genetically altered pharmaceutical direction. But on top of that, we have hemp and we have things like textiles and all the different things around that are better. And I stand by that to this day. You could make cheaper, more, more environmentally sound, longer lasting equipment, textiles, medicines. I mean, across the board. I recommend a book called The Emperor Wears No Clothes. It's been redone numerous times. And it, 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 the, the name comes from the old child story, that, you know, the emperor's new clothes. And if you remember, the story goes that the emperor gets tricked. He's told he's been designed brand new clothes and they, they give him nothing. But he's convinced. They tell him that they just keep this, they're, they're invisible clothes, but they're brand new. So the king goes out on the town and he's completely naked. And he, everyone's going, oh, look at those beautiful clothes because... They don't want to admit that they can, but the point is the emperor's wearing no clothes. That's the secret. That's the if you don't get swayed by popular opinion, you can see he's just naked. And the point is the emperor wears no clothes. And that's kind of like the book to see through it all. I recommend checking it out because it's very, very, very clear and scientifically backed. Now, this article is the top 10 marijuana myth that no one should believe. I stand by this to this day, and I promise you it's probably way, way I updated it again on the 20 on April 20th, 2020. Originally posted on 2016, but I argue it even now it's still it's probably with three years more information, probably way, way more in depth. I'm trying to, before I get into these myths, I'm trying to think of anything else I just want to kind of include that I do think is important on this topic. Just the idea that this is one of the most suppressed items. I, I avoid just using drugs or anything like that that I, that I could possibly think of right now that would literally change most fields that we have. And, and whether all the things they pretend to care about, the environment, food even, right? Hemp and hemp seed and different things can be grown rapidly and feed the world. But of course, we can't allow that. There's plenty of other countries around the world that both illegalize marijuana and hemp, and there's no logic to that. That's where the game comes in because hemp can, reproduce, can replace things like t- tinder. And at the time, it replaced things like paper and the magazine. Pro- this is where Hen- Hen- um, William Randolph Hearst comes into play, the, the newspaper magnate and the Tinder along with that. And that's where the name marijuana and all that came from, because they spun up the idea of the Mexican scourge and the bad guys coming from the South. Same thing's happening today. And all of a sudden, they used the term marijuana to confuse people. At the time, hemp was used for everything clothes and and sales and and rope and i mean everything medicines except they told people marijuana was the bad thing and they conflated marijuana with hemp and the rest is history look at reefer madness to understand the kind of nonsense they were spinning all the way back then now these quick little myths i think are important and this is a great breakdown because the i've done individual shows on every one of these each one of these links you goes goes to its own post with its own video and its own more in-depth breakdown of the information. So just so you, just you know that this one page has all 10 myths that I've wrote. That I've, there's more than that. But each one gets broken down into its individual myth. 
Marijuana is more harmful than cigarettes, alcohol, and prescribed drugs, prescription drugs. And you can see that I break it down. There's a lot more links. But you can see here that this is just kind of the quick summation. So if you want to get the quick one, here it is. But you can go to each individual one. I recommend you do. The bottom line is it's not true. I mean, think about how the time where marijuana, I mean, right now, marijuana, if you can believe it, is still a schedule one drug. That is, they consider cocaine less harmful than marijuana. I mean, the truth is they don't. That's not the truth. They don't, they know it's not. In fact, they have legalized versions that they've allowed as the government way all the way back when they still said it was dangerous and deadly. I mean, it's, it's absurd, but they still push this line. Number two, marijuana is highly addictive. It's simply not true. I mean, I, the, the evidence is undeniably clear. Most of these things stem from old arguments and, and political. The science has made this clear. Now, to be, to the, I, mean, I, I can't hash each one of these out as I'm thinking about it. Every single one of these is so in-depth. The argument here is that there's a definition and a discussion to be had about what ad- addiction truly is. You can be addicted to jogging. Right. This is all and this is this a, it's a mental chemical thing. This is a real discussion. You can be addicted to fast food. You can also be addicted to things like heroin. Now, the difference here is that marijuana is not highly addictive. It's there's more of a psychological addiction that goes along with a lot of these different things. But anything overused can be fall, call, fall in that category. But the point is that cigarettes and alcohol and all these things are at, exponentially more dangerous for you. So the idea that this is addictive is yet again another manipulation. Marijuana causes schizophrenia. This is an important one because the interesting discussion here, there's two things. One is the associative point where people can have schizophrenia and they can associate it with something, but it's not necessarily the cause, right? Causation versus versus correlation. People make that. Well, again, I'm not going to get into the deep discussion, but this is and scientifically has been shown to be not true. Moreover, a lot of people that study this argue that schizophrenia is not something that can be, it's something that that is uh, genetic and uh, hereditary. People disagree. The bottom line is cannabis can be a trigger that can cause something, but people that smoke cannabis and trigger some kind of thing like this, it could have just as easily been triggered by a violent car accident. I I mean, trust me, I've done so much research on this stuff, and the bottom line is and again, this is one you should click on and look in depth because there's studies and lots of different information. Sci- it's, it's, as it says right here, scientists, scientists have long known that schizophrenia is inherited genetically. Inheriting genes from both parents is a legacy of issues and benefits that none can avoid. I, I can get into it. For, the bottom line is it's a misrepresentation. Number, f- uh, number four, marijuana has no proven medical benefits. I mean, gosh darn it, that's frustrating. I mean, it's obvious. Obvious, obviously. Someone in the chat's already saying, I call BS on number three. Yeah. Well, good. Then read the article and deny it because you probably won't want to hear what it says. But the scientific research is clear. And so, too, is, is the observational and everything else. It's just not true. But going forward, number four has no proven medical benefits, right? I mean, what's funny is somebody that might be pushing back already on the, on the number three. It's interesting because all of these are held together by the same people saying the same thing. The same one telling you that there's a a, a gateway theory or telling you that these things don't have any medical benefits are the same people telling you it causes schizophrenia. But let's pretend like they're lying about all of them except the one. (laughs) Think about that for a second. But no medical benefits is obviously not true. I mean, even the U.S. government has been, as I've been saying, has a medical use for these things way back when it was, I mean, it's the first earliest conversations i've proven they have this discussion of a woman who was given uh, this can of joints for medical purposes this was in the 90s i believe 
And the bottom line is at that time they were arguing and that schedule one means no medical use. So how can they use it for medical purposes, but schedule number one, because they're liars. That's why. Number five, the gateway theory. I hope we all know how dumb this is. This has been one of the oldest, most ridiculous narratives that have been debunked by not just from the cannabis direction, but across the board. The gateway theory is illogical and is simply correlation. And the point is that people who eventually end up as heroin users will most likely at some point in their life have tried cannabis. And that's the only, they just go, well, there you go. Everyone does this, then does that. It's, it's like arguing that everyone, the people who ride motorcycles may have older, when they get older, well, they most likely rode bicycles when they were kids. Therefore, kids who ride bicycles will end up in biker gangs. That's stupid. But you can do that with a lot of different correlations. This is how that works. Number six, marijuana causes memory loss and a general reduction in logic. Now, as somebody who has been smoking cannabis his entire, I mean, adult life, and, and I don't even think I've said this publicly on the show before, but I smoke pretty much every day, guys. And I am a high-functioning pothead, if you want to put it that way. I'm not, really. I'm The, the term, I mean, because I'm a high-functioning individual. And I think it's something that it's, it's like going home. And the, for me, point being, it's something that it's at the end of the night. Go home, relax, same thing. Some people drink alcohol. Other people do other things. As an adult, it should be up to you. The bottom line is if you think that it causes memory loss and general reduction in logic, well, watch my show sometime and you tell me. But the bottom line is everybody will have issues with memory loss and different things. But compare, and then the main point here is everything in moderation. If you go on to do, if you smoke cannabis every day, all day, you will be an idiot. If you drink alcohol all day, every day, you will also be that way. If you eat fast food all day, every day, you'll also be, you see how that works? And the point is, this, as a general concept, comparatively makes no sense. If you compare it to even the most benign type of drug, it's not even remote. On top of that, there's a lot of studies, in fact, that show people who, basically people who would smoke and then study, let's say, there's an argu- There's a point where you can say the next, the next day, if you go and take that study, the test, you won't have as much as good a recall. But interestingly enough, should you smoke, before the test, your recall is basically back to the level you had before because it's very interesting overlap. I'm not explaining it well, but the idea being is that you do if, if you had been smoking while you were studying and then smoke before you take the test, essentially, and that applies to not just cannabis either. It's an interesting discussion scientifically. But on top of that, a most, one of the most important studies I read about this say that, this, that the argument that this somehow kills your brain cells is not true, that it's been proven that should you stop smoking, cannabis specifically, that eventually, it, all it really does is nullify these cells in some cases, and that quickly returns. You stop smoking, and it comes back. I've seen two studies on that, in fact. That people just don't like these this information. There are over 400 chemicals in marijuana. That's not true. Now, there are, there, there's a lot of different chemicals that you can find, especially with different varying types and so on, but naturally, not even close. Now, it says here, the reality is that roasted coffee contains over 1,500 chemicals. Only 21 of those chemicals have actually been tested on animals, and 16 of these cause cancer in rodents, right? So there's an easy game to be played here, right? The idea that this is, it's, it's, a, it's a way to misrepresent the situation. Marijuana has yet to be subjected to adequate scientific studies. Not true. They just continue to dismiss the ones that are done. Because we need more studies. That's all that ends up happening. The marijuana movement is just an excuse for people to get high. Well, my point I made at the beginning is the reality that let's just take that off the table. Now, yes, as an adult, you should be able to do what you want. The idea that you, in, in regard to your own body, that you can't smoke this or that, like the, that they can tell you that is unbelievably stupid. But the bottom line, take it off the table. Because all I'm really talking about is the uses for this. 
put it in a blender, make it a smoothie. Same thing. So it's not the, the excuse here is this the, the part about getting high is just another aspect of the discussion. Number 10, opposition to marijuana legalization is driven entirely by cautious prudence. No, the bottom line is comparing to the prison industry, you're creating a situation of, you know, for instance, when you privatize the prison industry, well, you created a situation where you're mon- where you are incentivizing the criminalization or the, you know, basically prisons are supposed to stop people from returning. Recidivism, I believe it's called. Ain't now, except private prisons actually tout their low numbers or high numbers, in fact, which way does that go? They, they tout the number in regard to how many people return to prison as a sales pitch. You can look this up going, look, we have, you know, we, we have 99% of people coming back to prison. Well, you're not doing your job then, are you? Except your job is to now make money off of prison. So I guess you are. The point is when you turn this into a money-making operation for police offices and everywhere else, well, that's exactly what happened. That's why at any given moment, you can have 50% of the things they're dealing with at some criminal cup cannabis level, or at least at its height, that's what was going on crazy to me now i mean realistically as you can tell as i tried to tried to uh, telling myself i was gonna do that quickly and took 20 minutes (laughs) i could talk about this for the rest of my life i'm very passionate about this because this kind of opened my mind to a lot of other things when i first started this platform it was about cannabis law reform and understanding the lies the governmental political and medical lies that centered around this huge topic so i hope you look into it more and in in general enjoy the enjoy this day and and Realize that in my life, it's always been about coming together. And, you know, any, any, like I used to go to the uh, 420 Festival at Hippie Hill in San Francisco when I lived there. And it was really just all about people coming together and, and a moment of peace and clarity. And, you know, of course, that's the last thing they want you to think about people that are evil pot smokers. But really think about this as we go through everything else today and realize that if they're lying about something this ridiculous for just profit, Imagine what they would lie about when it comes to many more important things. On that note, here's an interesting discussion. I saw Whitney just share this the other day. Now, this, is, this comes from Spy Talk. Exclusive FBI agents accuse CIA of 9-11 cover-up. Now, the way they titled this is less grabbing as the repackaged article coming from Gray Zone, which is bombshell filing 9-11 hijackers were CIA recruits. The reason I wanted to show you the spy talk is because this is where it came from. I don't really know why Grayzone didn't link to this, even though they do say it came from spy talk. Right there. Obtained by spy talk. It's odd they don't give a link to it. I kind of find that insulting, to be honest. But this is a great article, so read it for yourself. Because uh, it breaks down the reality that we... And I'm not going to go too deep on this today. I plan on going back into this when I do a foreign policy focus, but... I don't think we need, I mean, this is kind of like the, the Twitter files, not to say that, because this has source material, but Twitter files in the sense that a lot of things they were pointing at, I feel like we already kind of generally knew, maybe hadn't proven, but generally kind of most everybody kind of understood. This is one of those moments, but this does in fact have the source material, which is right here, which I recommend you go through and look at for yourself, because this is pretty interesting. And it's again, it's one of those things we go, well, gee, who didn't really at least consider that possibility, knowing that we had CIA uh, connection to the people on the plane, CIA connections to every aspect of what was going on around this, but the hijackers were recruits for the CIA according to this documentation. Now, again, this is what this is the original location for it, and I hope you guys will check this one out first because they should get the attention for breaking this story. FBI agents accused them of uh, this 9-11 cover-up, and it's, it, it's, it's really interesting. And by the way, a lot of this stuff, a lot of this stuff, in fact, you've heard mentioned by James Corbett on the Al-Qaeda documentary and so on. But it's interesting to think about. 
going going back to 9-11, a central event in the concept of the bio or the security state. We're now goose stepping into the biosecurity state. So if we know that we can and again that the government was clearly involved with either allowing this to happen or as it appears making this happen, why? I I have plenty of opinions that I've made clear, but I want people out there to ask themselves if this is new to you. And and hopefully you're questioning it. Look into it for yourself. Read the documentation and read the, and understand that there's more than just this. There's a lot of overlapping evidence. Actually, I should have grabbed that to begin with. I hope you guys will check out the the Al Qaeda documentary. Let me see if I got that popping up here. Dang it. We search for it while I'm talking. <clears throat> But the interesting thing is that, you know, what, what else? Like, think of all the events we're dealing with today and how long this has been lied about. I mean, going, we can go back to JFK and plenty of others. Like, we must realize today how obviously this is not a new thing because a lot of people are waking up to the COVID-19 illusion. A lot of people are waking up to what's going on because it seems pretty clumsy right now. And I don't really know why. Maybe it's because they feel rushed and because they realize that we're waking up to it. I don't know. But this is not new, guys. For those that are aware of what just happened with COVID-19, whether Democrat or Republican or aware of the full illusion, take a step back and realize it's not it's been going on a long time. Executing this agenda, lying about I mean, overlapping with Ohio, lying about the safety of the air after 9-11 EPA, in fact, saying, don't worry, everything's fine. They were wrong. In fact, they were lying about it. I want us to also overlap this with the conversation of Ukraine. Right. The idea that we know that the CIA has also been building this entity just like I mean, look, this is the same thing, just like these 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 hijackers. Overlap with the same extremist entities that they were building all the way back from Afghanistan, the Mujahideen to Al Qaeda to ISIS. It's the same game. Now, if you can't see by now that these fingerprints tie all the way back to the same government entities that pretend to represent you. That you're probably just afraid to acknowledge it because it's pretty unnerving. But it's verifiable. The documentation is there. They prove in this case that they've been cultivating this same version of this, just like in Afghanistan, in Ukraine since 1948. That turned out, in my opinion, tried to culminate with an agenda in January 6th, where we have this Ukrainian part of the Azov movement screaming, let's go in Russian, driving this whole thing as long as many other, as well as the Antifa members and plenty of other people that were present that day. Oh, that's right. I'm going to grab this really quickly so I don't forget. Let me see if I can pop that up. I think it's really important to understand. But the point of bringing this up today, and I will be going into this deeper, is just to think about how this all drives together. That if this was something they've been doing since 9-11, since even before, that they're willing to execute this agenda, how does that overlap in your mind with the biosecurity state, with geoengineering, with injections being given, with foreign policy that overlaps with all of that? bio labs and whatever else is happening we need to realize that this is still going on and i think that's very concerning to think about but i think the let me see if we grab this real quick here we go this is a, i really hope that people will, will watch this entirely i think it's this one here here we go james corbett honored me by letting us stream this on our platform and i and i did a watch along with with he and brock and we went through each one of these the Secret History of Al-Qaeda, part one, two, and three. I just, it's, it's, I mean, if you, it's unbelievable, the information that you can, that this is provable. The source material, undeniably clear. And if you just watch through this, it completely challenges in every possible way the narrative that was spun. 
It's unbelievable. But so bringing this into the rest of the conversation, let's talk about how people are being manipulated on a very core internal level that I think is meant to be a two-part like binary division tactic in regard to pushing that the bigger overlap that I see building with the whole vanilla ISIS MAGA trap tactic. And I, I, again, my point is this does overlap with the agenda taking place in Ukraine, which is the CIA built, built entity meant to do the thing just like we're talking about over in Afghanistan into the rest of the conversation. That may seem abstract to some people, but there's a very clear overlap here. We just talked about yesterday or two days ago, in fact, I think I have it right here. Oh, no, I don't think I included it. Maybe right here. Yes, the CIA trans agenda PSYOP. Now, you can show the information that, that turns out the ICJ was involved and founded by, or, you know, at least include very largely included with the CIA at its beginnings that is now driving this agenda in regard to this. Oh, this I didn't include it, actually. The one we just talked about in U.S. AIDS and so on, but also the roots of the transgender push comes from their own documentation so it's very concerned now again that does not mean everybody in the trans community is like that or uh, is agreeing with it that's never the case and this but where they're being used just like we've seen before now now, this is just a couple of quick points i think are really absurd before we talk a little bit about this topic charlie robinson points out he feels like he's on acid this woman talks about using female crash dummies for gender equality now, I don't know if this is meant to be ridiculous on the surface of it to like just make us feel confused or if this, in my opinion, is this person is straight up taken by the nonsense. And this is what I this is why I point out when I say that these people, in, you know, in positions of power, albeit, have no idea what's going on. This woman does not know what's going on. Pelosi does not know what's going on. Graham does not know what's going on. That's my opinion. They think they do. And I, they probably know more than we do to some degree. But my God. They are drinking the Kool-Aid and they are led to believe they know everything. It's the hubris game. That's the kind of Trump-Graham side of it, I think. They abuse the hubris. On this side, I think these people just love to be feeling like they're saving America. And so they get told things they think are true and they lie and they push it. And these are the, They're more manipulated than anybody, in my opinion. But listen to what she has to say. I plan to make important investments to uh, address the roadway safety crisis including the critical funding that would accelerate the development. And this is an area I've I've written to you about of the use of female uh, dummies in crash testing. This will start to fight the gender inequity among vehicle safety and crash victims. I mean, that's just that's on the surface, stupid guys. I mean, that's really dumb. How is that going to fight gender equality? Right. I mean, look, first of all, are these? I mean, well, I think the, the first point to start with is the one that somebody just made here, which I think is excellent, which continues to show you the, the, the either they don't understand how, how kind of fractured their own narrative has gotten, where now you've got the trans community eating alive the feminism community, despite the fact that when it began, they were all fighting for equality, you know, or however it was framed. It's, it, you know, it's, they're eating themselves alive because these people that are buying it are losing their minds because this is schizophrenic. This is broken. I'm not talking about just any trans person. I'm talking about the, the agenda and the people lost in that agenda, whether trans or not. Oh, and here's the, the, the quote. Oh, oh, that was my quote, actually. Since I said it, here's the first one. This person says, wait, is she claiming there are physical differences between men and women? Uh-oh, did you just trap yourself? Are you going to be canceled now? The point, the point being is that if she's saying 
that, well, we got to use women test dummies because they're different. Well, you know, I mean, the, obviously they, no one's disagreeing even on that, com- that conversation that they have different body parts, but it's just funny to see how there's people would, it, one day that's going to be offensive because it's stated to be so. What I said was, isn't that offensive to non-binary crash dummies? Hashtag dummy rights or human rights. Now, obviously, I'm not trying to be offensive to anybody. I'm never trying to be, or, but this is not meant, meant to be offensive to trans people because my opinion is, and maybe I'm wrong, but I speak to people, as I said, in our community that, that kind of tell me what they're thinking because, as we've said many times, you have a few people that I talk to that are trans in our community that tell me that this, the whole trans rights or human rights, they agree it's stupid because we all have human rights. That say that trans rights are human rights somehow implies that right now they don't have them. Not true. What they're actually saying is that what they think is their right, which is to have some gender affirming, which is completely Orwellian, care, is their right. But does that – so, okay, so the point is that everybody then should have that right if they're arguing that's a human right. But they don't because nobody does. Right now, the argument is that we should not allow children to make these choices. So it's not like there are cisgender children that get to do it and they don't. That's not fair. It's not something anybody gets to do because there's already a law in place. So what you're essentially saying is we want to change the law. Ah, okay, well, it's a different conversation. When you're conflating the idea that you don't have something everybody else has or arguing that inappropriately, it just makes you look stupid. That's, I mean, plenty of people that come up and say, okay, explain to me what rights you don't have right now. The, The problem is they only point at that conversation. Well, then you have the same rights as everybody else. So when I say dummies rights or human rights, I am making a joke, but a joke against the people who are blinded by the agenda, not all of that community. But, right, I mean, non-binary, what about non-binary? Why don't just make a dummy that's only designed to see if it gets hurt, not women or female? It just seems stupid to me. And I would say, I'd say the same thing. How offensive? How do you know those crash dummies identify as female? But as Kim Iverson says, and I think this is important, and I, we don't necessarily see eye to eye exactly on this discussion, but primarily, I, we do, I think we do see the same manipulation. Now, she says the anti-trans agenda is the new Me Too movement, which is funny because that's going to get attacked from both sides, right? So the Me Too side of it are, are going to say are going to be people that are going to say that how dare you suggest that women are, you know, the, remember the whole believe women with Kavanaugh and all that, right? Because it's not possible they could be lying, right? Obviously, that's an overreaction, and it's stupid. Same thing on the anti-trans agenda conversation. There are going to be people that are acting like, she, you know, by saying that, she's somehow defending these, the people that are being you know, sexual deviants. She's not. What she's talking about are the people that are going after all trans people. This is the same point that I'm making as a broad sense, regardless of our individual opinions on it. It says, at first it made sense, and many of us agreed. Now it's just going too far. And this is the point about the over-sexualization of children and the biological males playing women's sports, right? Those are very clear to everybody that has common sense, I would argue. That's okay. We can disagree on that. But the bottom line is that this is now turned into, but some people are making it anti-trans from top to bottom and even gay people too, which shows you that the people pushing that are actually the ones that are hateful from both sides. But in the case that most people, I argue, see through it. It says, are you against kids being indoctrinated and women competing against biological males, or are you now just against all trans people in public? Now, let me say this again to be clear. I have my own personal opinions, both from a religious perspective as well as just a personal opinion. Those two things are completely disconnected from my opinion that individuals can do what they want with their own body. So I fight for that right regardless of my own opinions. Now, those people could do what they want to their own body, 
That does not then immediately make them X, Y, and Z. This is the point about when you're conflating the extreme drag queen story time gyration sexualization conversation with just anybody out there who happens to be a trans person, or in this case now a gay person too, because I've seen this get swept up by some of these extreme right-leaning people. Just like on the other side of it, the extreme left-leaning people acting like all of that's okay, including the sexualization. This is broken, and we're getting tricked by those sides, and a lot of people think that's the whole conversation. That's how the two-party illusion works. So I agree. I'm glad that some people can see through this. On top, But then, again, like I've been doing, to show you the, the, the measured reality that it is being overrepresented, and we shouldn't be casting every trans or gay person in one group because that's ridiculous. It's, that is bigoted. But on top of that, we do have this community, not every trans community, but the people lost in the agenda, right? The left and the, the, the left-leaning, you know, not trans and non-trans people that are pushing this extremist idea to allow children to be sexualized, sexualized because apparently that's somehow different when it's trans and gay. I mean, that, that's wrong, guys. I mean, it's, there's a line there. Children cannot be introduced to this stuff or pushed, be over-sexualized. God, I can't, why can't I say that right now? Over-sexualized. At any point, by anybody, we all used to agree on that, or sexualized at all, for that matter, to say it more appropriately. Like the idea that we see people and kids being dressed up as adults, and, and look, even put it this way, in these young uh, girl, uh, what are they called, pageants, where they dress these five, six, seven, eight, ten-year-old girls in women's clothing, that, that's creepy as hell. I've always thought that, with makeup and they're dancing around, that's creepy as hell. I think that's wrong, too. That's just that's my opinion. Anyway, the point is that there is this line there. But on but the point being is the people that are pushing the extreme agenda are doing things like this, are saying trans rights or else are, in fact, attacking people with violence because they have a different opinion. None of that's OK, no matter what your stance or opinion is on any topic. But here is Matt Walsh, apparently, who just got hacked. Now, again, the, the point we should be making right out of the gate is the argument is that this was some kind of a trans or political attack, but we don't know that, right? We don't know. It would make perfect sense to me that that would be the case, but this could be a lie from Matt Walsh. I'm, these are all just possibilities. I'm not saying I think one or the other, but it could be a lie, right? He could have been hacked by his own people. He could have been hacked by somebody pretending to be the left. He, in fact, could have been hacked by the left. He could have been hacked by trans groups. Any of those are possible, including the fact that this is not even true. Just think about all that before people, you know, we love to flavor these things with the way we think things look. This is just text on a piece on a screen. As soon as the hacking attack started, I was on the phone with our tech team, security team, lawyers and executives. They all worked around the clock and they're still working to find out who exactly what happened and so on. Very grateful for the support from his team. And he makes a good point. He can't imagine going through something like this without the resources they have, which is most people. But he goes, he's been doxxed, threatened, hacked, stalked, et cetera. But, and, but, and he has. I mean, you can easily prove that. And look, you can argue that he says things that, you, that are mean, that are insulting, that are racist or bigoted. I don't necessarily agree with any of that, but you could say that. But that does not give you the right to act in violence, period. This game where they're playing where you, certain words against certain people translate into violence, but not the other way around, right? Am I allowed to say, oh, you called me the wrong gender, I could punch you in the face? Well, that will never fly because I'm not a trans person or I'm not a... Well, then that makes you a hypocrite, right? But it says, of the stories that the Daily Wire provides me with all the resources I need, respond, um, where was, I think that, I just want to show you that he said that on his own account. Here is the, uh, C the CEO, co-CEO of the Daily Wire. You may be aware that Matt Walsh had his Twitter account uh, hacked last night. 
He says, what you may not know is that the attack went well beyond Twitter. The hackers have managed to gain access to everything, apparently. 20 years of his emails, which is pretty interesting. Now, the big picture before I read forward is to ask, what does that mean? Is, does that mean that he is going to, like, when stuff comes out, let's say, how do we know it's even true? How easy it is to fake that stuff today. So that's the problem is suddenly, let's say something very damning comes out. He could say that's fake and it might be fake. Maybe they faked it. The point is we're at a point in the deep fake world that we, I mean, even video today, I think we're rapidly getting to a point to where we'll, we just don't know. You can always dispute it. But 20 years of his emails, he says, what scandalous information will the hackers find on his emails? I do not know. I'm sure said, I said things in my 20s that I wouldn't feel great having aired publicly. He says, what will the Daily Wire's response be? Uh, he says to Matt may have said, he says, this hack as terrible and invasive as it is, it's just another day at the office for us. Here's a brief look at the last 24 hours. At first, Matt Walsh was <clears throat> demonized, demonetized on Twitter for violating some opaque, arbitrary applied standard or another related to speaking the biological truth about Dylan Mulvaney. I can't be more specific because the capriciousness is the, the point for these platforms. I mean, it all breaks down to the fact that you're just saying things. Right. So by saying that Dylan Mulvaney is a man, that that's suddenly censored. I mean, think about how broken and Orwellian that is. Even if you think that's wrong, at what point did that become against the rules? So what if, if I if I point at an animal and call it the wrong animal? Is that the same thing? If I genuinely thought you were a man, oh, he's got a short haircut. Suddenly, is that get your set? No, because it was just so this is a personal subjective non-objective opinion they're saying we'll decide we think what you're doing is insulting so we're going to so now youtube is the arbiter of what is and is not okay it's completely broken their own uh, guides guidelines are i mean they've never been followed we know that it's opaque completely arbitrary things they apply how they want when they want and that makes them publishers they get to there but they are working with the government so it doesn't matter anyway it says just 24 hours later was permanently banned from TikTok. Anyway, I mean, I can go through all that. I was going to read some of it, but the point is that, you know, Pete, they're going through and, and affecting their accounts, getting them censored. How much you want to bet they won't let them back on? You know, th this is where this all goes. Now, the bigger question is, is this just some random attack or is this a government level operation? It sure sounds like it, doesn't it? What kind of people have the ability to hack multiple accounts simultaneously? I'm going to go ahead and argue that I don't think many people at all Outside of high-level people, hackers, le hacker-level people have the ability to do that with teams, mind you. Now, maybe, just maybe, you could argue that this kind of thing is so mobilized because of the political government agenda behind it that maybe they have that, even if it's not a government-related thing. But my gut tells me this was a government act. That's just a complete opinion, though, guys. Now, think for yourselves. Glenn Greenwald points something else out in the context of the two-party illusion and censorship and Twitter conversation is this is actually pretty crazy to me. He says the repellent fake congresswoman Stacey Plaskett took the BS lies from MSNBC and uh, the uh, the Mehdi Hassan show. Where remember, he just attacking Matt Taibbi for minor discrepancies that turns out that he wasn't even wrong about. And basically calling for prison time. Not a joke. This is pretty crazy. It says, uh, this is, uh, he, he claimed that Taibbi deliberately and under oath misrepresented the facts. And says that's a serious charge, one that he proves, and which, by the way, I read it for myself, and we talked about this following up, at least, oh, maybe it wasn't on the daily wrap-up, but the point, the, the first discussion we had was just breaking down the back and forth. 
for me, it wasn't even the most important part of it because I think that what my, he, my, my point from the beginning was what Hassan was doing was on the surface dishonest, nitpicking about these smaller things when the reality of it was none of it had been source material. You know, I've got, I've, I have to sell out. The bottom line is regardless of what you think about Matt, the Twitter files, or even if he lied, the point is what they're doing is trying to put another journalist in jail for what they say was misinformation. But what about just making a mistake? Even though, again, on top of that, Lee Fang is proving that he didn't even do that. That, that Hassan is still pushing a lie that he's proven is, in fact, not the way it went. But it doesn't even matter. This and this and plenty of other things feel like coordinated government acts to me. And that, that's not to take the side of Walsh or Tahibi, uh, Matt or any of them. But just simply point out, and on top of that, to take it one step further, it could be government-level attacks in order to get you to be on their side. Right. And just by saying this does not mean you're taking a side. There's a lot of ways it could play. But to me, it's what these feel like. It says uh, Mehdi. Uh, I, don't, I always it's a weird last name. Mehdi Hassan. Mehdi, as they say it. Mehdi claimed Taibi lied under oath to Congress. Well, you know who else has done that? Clapper, Brennan. I mean, you I mean, pretty much everybody you could think about. And guess what? None of them ever went to jail. Remember when Clapper came up and lied blatantly about the NSA spying and we all knew it and it got pointed out over and over and over and over until finally the statute of limitations ran out and they were, oh, well, we can't do it now. They don't care because they don't hold themselves accountable. So the idea that you're going to somehow put Matt Taibbi in prison because of a, an arguable art statement that he lied under oath, I mean, my God. By claiming CISA worked for the EIP on content moderation, he says that the truth is that the only private sector org with a similar acronym, uh, he, he proves that he's wrong. The point was that there's, a, there's the, remember it was the CIS versus CISA, and even Matt Taibbi put it in bracket. There's a whole argument of what, how this went down, and there was a differentiation here. The difference being between what he said in front of Congress and what actually got written down. And I think the, the breakdown is that Hassan is being dishonest about the reality. He, uh, I mean, you could read all this for yourself. The bottom line is that they're trying to put this person in jail. And it's coming directly from this, this uh, where is she? Oh, that's right. I had to go back right here. It's coming from her. St- Representative Stacy Plaskett. Actually tr- arguing that, he, that Matt Taibbi needs to be put in prison, or at least threatening that. It's kind of it's pretty scary. He says that she's basically saying, send him a letter threatening him with prosecution in prison time. You can read it for yourself. It says, remember when it was a grave press freedom crisis when Trump insulted Jim Acosta and Chuck Todd? Now here's a pretend congresswoman threatening a journalist with prison time. For the Twitter files, which were a complete scam, psyop with no source material, with things we already knew. That's seemingly irrelevant to the point we're making here, though. And he, gar- he says he guarantees few liberals will object. Well, you know, Glenn loves to make these points about one side and seemingly kind of go softball on the others. But it doesn't mean he's not right about this point. The bottom line is that this is hypocritical. We suddenly care about lying under oath, even though it's not what happened. And how about the reality that you are go- you're going after journalists and all Trump did was essentially att- insult these people and everybody screams. What about Julian Assange? It's very sad to see how hypocritical these people are and they know that. But speaking about censorship on Twitter, I thought it was important to point out that the Mises caucus just pointed, they just tweeted, they got an official response back directly from Twitter support. Right? So I guess you could pretend that's some, some secret old employee or maybe that old FBI agent, but let's also be honest with ourselves and know that that's not what's happening anymore. 
and acknowledge that what just happened was Twitter support locked their account, acknowledge doing so. Why? Well, because they were sharing things about Ukraine that they didn't want them to say. Because free speech, though, right? Freedom of reach, freedom of speech, neither of them. Does Elon Musk still have rogue employees? Or is free speech not a priority more? You know, I guess we got past the point where we're pretending free speech. He's all we're moving forward now. We're going forward to the biosecurity state and technocratic and all all that. Come on, guys. If you're still out there pretending Elon is fighting for free speech, you're either in it for a different reason or you're lying for clicks and shares. It's not what's happening. Now, I'm not going to say that we might not change tomorrow, but where we are needs to be acknowledged right now. People are being censored. People haven't been brought back. We never saw the source material. Where are the Fauci files? doesn't matter. Because he's looking forward to his micro mRNA factories. mRNA micro factories. We'll come back to this point in a minute. That's what I think. Also, we are at the stage now where it looks like people like this with 3 million followers has lost his blue check mark, which is interesting. So that means they are, according to, to, to Twitter and Elon Musk, that they won't get as share. They will, you know, if you have the blue check, you're going to get regular suggested more and so on, which which I think a lot of us, like myself included, are feeling like that's not actually true. You will if you're not politically ostracized, right? Of course. But we're proving to you that this is not how it's going. We are, this is seeming, like even the joke about, oh, I forgot to bring that up. Remember we just talked about the idea that CBC News was listed as 69% media, you know, government funded. And we were like, what's the metric for that? Remember? Well, it turns out it was completely subjective. It literally turns out that the government themselves or excuse me, the CBC themselves stood up and says, we're under 70% government funded. I think it was Trudeau. And so he literally wrote 69% government funded. So just so we all understand it, it's completely subjective, arbitrary, and based on the, the, the whims of Elon Musk. Why anybody thinks that's acceptable, despite it being entertaining to watch, it's being flipped around. It's, it's tr- it, all it's doing is making us justify the same thing in reverse. We can't be this simple, guys. It's still manipulation and still censorship, and it's still happening. But Stephen King says something else that's interesting. His Twitter account says he subscribed to Blue. He didn't, though. And it says he gave his phone number, but he didn't. Isn't that funny? I'm dealing with the same thing. It says the same thing happened to him, it says right here. But I want, I, the point is that, remember, I, I have a check, but I've never paid for it. I've proven that on the show. And even right, I don't have any of the benefits either. I can't tweet extra characters. I can't put long videos. So whatever, I'll take, I'll take the free thing. But just for the record, I'm not paying Twitter and I'm, I don't, I've never subscribed other than having the account. Or I, let me take it back. I initiated a subscription, I'm fully willing to pay for it because I wanted to see what happened. But I never paid. So I don't know what's going on with this. But people have removed them and lost them, so it's interesting to see. I just want to include that since we're talking Twitter at the end here because it's very interesting to see. But as always, guys, we should not be using these platforms other than to get this reach to people that might be missing it. Other than that, as you see with all of us, we should be trying to use these off platforms to grow things like Sovereign and Odyssey and you know all the rest of them, the ones that we should be leaning into. But also on another note, the two-party illusion discussion, this is actually really chilling. And as I said here, if you care about Douglas Mackey, remember the guy that's being put to prison because of memes in regard to Hillary Clinton? If you care about that, but you dismiss or cheer this one on, you're a hypocrite and a victim of team sport politics. Also, Glenn Greenwald, this is an absolutely remarkable and chilling indictment. 
just an indictment, but it's true, but it is happening. Several American black leftist groups and activists are being charged with felonies for posting memes and other political content against the war in Ukraine. So understand, on Twitter, they're censoring it on Ukraine against left and right people. And then here we got the U.S. government charging for felonies people on the left, black left activists for posting memes about Ukraine. But it's just like we talk about with Israel. Where people want to make it out to be one thing or the other when you can prove that the IDF and the Israeli Zionists will attack literally anybody, including Jews, that do not go along with the agenda. So the narrative is one thing and the reality is always something else. The two-party illusion is always meant to get you against your neighbor. They don't care who does what. They want to stop. They're achieving their agendas. In this case, we have black leftist groups being charged just like Douglas Mackey for memes, guys, memes that were about the war in Ukraine, protesting racial injustice, allegedly on behalf of Russia. Same thing. So now because it's Ukraine, doesn't matter, you're working for Russia. This is a real thing. U.S. citizens and Russian intelligence officers simultaneously. So they're charging these activists, but then also, which is meaningless, because no Russian intelligence officer is going to care what the U.S. charges them with, but they charge them both with conspiring to use U.S. citizens as illegal agents of the Russian government. Right? Because you can prove they're working with Russia? No. But they go, oh, because they said these things, we know they're Russian government. No, you don't. This is the level of investigate. The media does this. The government does this. This is the same argument of saying that words are violence. You are creating a world where you decide because you're not allowed to say those things. This is alarming. Defendants sought to sow discord, they say, spreading pro-Russian propaganda. No, what they were doing was spreading memes about the obvious reality of what you're doing in Ukraine. That's not Russian propaganda just because Russia says it too. It's obviously advantageous for them to point out what you're doing because what you're doing is disgusting. doesn't mean Russia good guy. It just simply means you're lying and you don't like us to know that. But what's interesting to me is that what are the, the people out there that are like I told somebody I know about this and they said no because in their mind they're probably thinking it's largely happening to the right and it doesn't make sense to happen to the left but we have to realize that it's all an illusion guys the government doesn't like you as an American they want to control you as an American not a left or right American but as an American it's the government against the people and it's time for us to realize that every moment we grow further in that direction we can actually achieve something Real change is possible when we see through the two-party illusion. And when we don't, they'll pick us off one by one. Now, the two-party illusion is the lowest common denominator. It is the lowest rung. It is the most disgusting, servile, just like sinister level, skin crawling, the kind of stuff that I say makes my teeth hurt. Political motions like this where you have somebody walking in with a baby-sized coffin. Why? Because he cares about children? Well, you don't, you don't seem to care about what's going on in Chicago or Baltimore. Well, you don't seem to care about all the children dying in your starvation campaign in Yemen. You don't seem to care about all the children dying being starved in Iran or in Afghanistan even, or just more, more so happening in Syria. Or what about just ongoing Libya situations or any number of other locations? People are still struggling due to sanctions of Venezuela. They don't care about any of that. What they care about is one they can use to push a political agenda to take your guns away, which is your Second Amendment right. Regardless of what you think about it, you can't deny that statement. Regardless of what you think and whether you think it's wrong, it is a constitutional right. And yet these people are actively telling you we don't care about the Constitution. Or at the very least, they want to change it. 
That's not how this works, guys. We have to understand, even the amendments were not altering. They were additional. The whole point is it's not, if it is repugnant to the Constitution, it is immediately null and void. Say for the word immediately, that is directly from Maybury versus Madison. That is a Supreme Court ruling. The reason they added on the Bill of Rights was because these things needed to be added. And they weren't giving you rights. It was they were outlining God-given inherent rights. So we come to the point to where they start to try to pass a bill to remove the Second Amendment. Well, that is repugnant to the Constitution. So it is null and void. But these people don't care about the law or the Constitution. But back to the point, I said this is what it looks like to use dead children to achieve a political agenda. It's disgusting and wrong and has nothing to do with the lives of the children and those affected. It is about emotional manipulation. Justin Jones carried an infant-sized casket into the Tennessee Capitol after he was reinstated after doing another kind of promotional thing. Like, you know, a, a, I mean, promotional is not a, that's the correct word for it. Another manipulative political stunt. But now, me saying that does not mean that I don't care about children dying or that I don't care that these things are happening. The bottom line is, it is sad. And it's much more complicated than simply saying guns not being allowed, therefore, because we're talking about a gun-free zone. In most of these places we're talking about, like Baltimore and Chicago, we're talking about areas where people have constitutional rights. In the case where we're talking about these children dying, there's a lot of other factors at play here. Criminals don't follow the law. So by having a law about stopping guns, well, criminals can still get guns. So the idea that what you're trying to do to criminalize the use of guns, you're one, undermining the Constitution. But on top of that, you are focusing on the children and the lives and using their, 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 the parents' sadness and the sadness of the community and all of that to emotionally manipulate people into driving what you believe should happen. It has nothing to do with the death of the children. Children can die from anything. The problem is it's become so emotionally wrapped up in the idea that if you say that, you somehow don't care about them. And that's how this works. Now, whether he knows it or not, whether he's a complete tool for this game or not, what he's doing is absolutely reprehensible. Nobody is using those children but that person right there or people doing that. Not those of us saying the opposite as much as they'll try to make it out to that. Now, on another point, before we get over into the geoengineering and blood discussion, and then we're going to finish off with the weird edible coating discussion, I want to think about this in a few different ways. So the overlap with both a little bit of what's happening in East Palestine, just one quick point, but the talk of, of geoengineering and cloud seeding and you know the idea of, of what's going on in your blood, the mRNA overlap, and think about the larger picture here, coming back to what we talked about in foreign policy, coming back to the, uh, which one was it? Oh, there's one other thing I thought I was going to include. In any case, the point being, that I want us to think about how, if this was something that was meant to be, I mean, we already see. this. Is so, I, it's so funny how I'm trying to be so objective, but, you know, and I always will be. I always try to be as objective as possible, but sometimes that does drive me to, to be like overly so. The point being is I, we can prove, prove that this was done to us in a very surreptitious manner. The injections I'm talking about, the COVID-19 injection discussion, it was surreptitious. They lied to us. They're still lying to us, as I'll show you in a moment, to this very moment. So we have to ask, what else is going on? What else is happening around this? What else is being done? What else is being sprayed? What else is being put in food? I mean, it's really not that far-fetched after what we just went through. I'm not saying I can prove any of that, but we've talked about the self-spreading conversation. We've talked about a lot of this stuff. I mean, remember, the whole point is we already talked about the pork discussion of the mRNA. 
That's been going on for years. And in fact, what I just found out is they're using the self-replicating version, which is mind-blowing because that's the thing that we told you was the first step, which makes sense of why it was used first, but then framing it as the next step. What that means is it continues producing. This is a dangerous thing. And now, River Valley Organizing points something else out that I thought was interesting. This shared shared, uh, with me from Orwell. New report raises questions about safety of using PVC plastic pipes for drinking water. Now, the reason I mentioned the mRNA discussion is just the way that, like, if we are trying to be affected in some way, health-wise and so on, if our health's under attack, talking about dioxins and, and PFAS and all the rest of this stuff, it's weird how all of this is kind of coming to a head at the same moment. Again, a good kind of correlation overlap is, remember, Dr. Steph, or Stephanie Seneff, PhD, made the argument that glyphosate is being used in a way to kind of, to, I, what's the best way to put it? it? It works synergistically with the injection in a very negative way. Now, is that planning? Were we saturated with glyphosate all this time to make something else happen? That's something we should ask. But on this point... Suddenly, suddenly everybody cares about being health and drinking water, despite everybody, people like Derek Bro screaming about this for 10 years. And the same old, I mean, it's almost become a ridiculous joke. And that's right. Flint still does not have clean water. The fact that that's even possible and that we can just brush that off shows you that they know how this game is played, just like East Palestine. They're just hoping that it just drifts into the background. And you will always have people like me going, and East Palestine is still sick. And people just won't care. I don't, I don't even know how it's possible. But here we are talking about an overlap with, with, with Flint and the idea that we're going, well, we know the water is unsafe. We know that there's a lead problem. We know that there's toxicity problems, right? Replacing toxic lead pipes all over this country, the old school infrastructure, right? What are they going to switch it to? Well, we're going to use PVC, of course. Let's use polyvinyl chloride because we don't know anything about that, right? Totally safe and effective, except it's not, though. Polyvinyl chloride is, in fact, exactly the kind of conversation we were just having about vinyl chloride, about the, the polyvinyl chloride and the piping and the chemicals that comes off of that just by using it. But now they're now what they're literally going to do is roll out PVC in replacing te- the lead pipes. It's already been happening. So this report is raising questions about that process. I just think it's really ridiculous to me that this is even on the table. The fact that they're they're having to talk about it going, whoa, wait, before you replace your lead with even something potentially even worse, let's talk about it. But too late, it's already happening. It's already rolling out. EPA's involved, it's already happening. So the question becomes, was this on purpose? Do they not care about your health or are we being attacked? It's for you to decide. I'm going to follow up with this in general as I focus more on East Palestine, but I almost can't believe this. We know about this, and I think the reason that PVC specifically is getting focused on is because of what happened in East Palestine. Same with dioxins and PFAS. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, okay, now we care. Here's a report. Guess what? PFAS causes 40% reduction in fertility. Breaking news. Guess what, though? They've been studying it for 20 years. Oh, how about or 10 years? How about, how about dioxins for 50 years? You can show reports going back very, very, very far. I'm showing one from 1995 in the CNN talking about how dangerous it was. So why don't we talk about it? Why have we stalled on the conversation? Because they thought nobody was paying attention. Well, now it drudged up all these old conversations. And now they're suddenly going, guess what we just found? And then if we, if we also still don't do anything and just let it drift back, they'll let it drift back again. They love to give you a little bit of lip service and say, look at this thing. We care until you stop paying attention. This is already happening. 
Now, the same thing we talked about, the, the polyvinyl chloride, vinyl chloride overlap. We're talking about liver problems, reproductive issues, neurological stuff. Yes, easy to prove. Now, is that just to keep us sick so it works for the security for the, 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 you know, the uh, sick care system that we have? Or is it something bigger than that? Is it about hiding all the very serious cancer problems that we're seeing due to the injections? I mean, I really don't know. But I do know that this is already happening, and it's kind of mind-blowing. Now, going into the conversation of what we saw from East Palestine and the ash and everything falling and all the, the widespread risk that we, we saw there, I thought it was an interesting point to show that this is people getting – people are getting reports now from multiple people of particulates raining down in areas of Port Isabel – after the recent explosion of the SpaceX rocket. So who knows what this is? I can almost guarantee it's not going to be safe for you, whether it's some kind of rocket fuel or God knows what else. But my point is they don't care. There is nobody out there that is watching out for things like this because they do what they want. And I think we're only just starting to realize how completely ridiculous, flimsy this is. Completely unaccountable, rampant lawlessness, as long as it aims in the direction of their agenda. I mean, look at that. And he says the same thing happened in Ohio. Thank you, Rex, for pointing that out. Well, talking about cloud seeding, just to overlap this with the direction, I think that, I mean, I've been concerned about geoengineering for a long time, right? We've talked about this. We've talked about geoengineering recently with Dane Wigington, which I highly recommend you check out his work, as well as this discussion geoengineering and climate change, gambling with the human species. It's a very important discussion, as well as the fact that people like Claire Burnish and plenty of others, this is from 2017. Derek Rose has been writing a lot about it. It's here, all the way back in 2017. Geoengineering now normalized as scientists spray chemicals to dim the sun, soak up CO2. And don't forget Harvard, oops, I just closed it. Harvard and plenty of others have made this clear. This isn't, a, this isn't new. Stratospheric aerosol injection. Right? That is not even cloud seeding. That is geoengineering. But the point is that they're now, oh, and this one was from Derek, Mexico becomes first nation to admit the harms of geoengineering, halts future experiments. But I just think this is insulting to our intelligence. Here is yet another from the ridiculous Good Morning America talking about their brand new cloud seeding concept that's been going on for 60 years. Right? I mean, it's, it's painfully stupid, but the point is cloud seeding is the way to make you think like this is just new. They have been not just cloud seeding, but actively using geoengineering for decades. And it's, it is very different. And we talked about the idea of Sprenin discussing the idea of aluminum and barium for climate change, Bill Gates, but they act like, no, it's only just been discussed. Well, if it's been discussed at the very least, that means it isn't conspiracy theory. So it's kind of confusing when you got people saying it's fake news, despite them going, we're going to do it. So how is it fake news? It's, there's a, a, conflict, a, a conflict right now between the narrative that's been spinning and the realization that it's been going on a long time. You know, people that are just dedicated to hiding the facts because they're afraid of the word conspiracy theory. Well, here is ABC News. Thank you, Chief Nerd, for sharing this. Explains how cloud seeding could be used, guess what, to modify weather across the U.S. Well, guess what? It's been going on for decades. So think about that in the context of, I don't know, hurricanes, Iran claiming Israel stealing its rain. These aren't that stupid as they once pretended they were. Oh, you know what? I forgot this one. Did I? Was it this one? Colorado River, called there. the hardest working river in the United States, is in danger. This is due to two causes, reductions in precipitation and increased air temperatures. 
The river provides hydropower to seven states, irrigation to more than five million acres of farmland, drinking water to 40 million Americans, and of course, the breathtaking whitewater rapids running through the Grand Canyon. All of it threatened by more than two decades in a mega drought. We can't just flip a switch like Colonel Joe Moore in Mad Max Fury Road. But we do have a superpower. Straight out of science fiction's X-Men, The Last Stand. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just kind of funny to me how they think they're being hip when tapping into like eight-year-olds X-Men movies. <laughs> it's just, these people are so out of touch, it's embarrassing. But like... That doesn't even make sense. Like right, like right out of this old movie with water and stuff. It's like it doesn't even. They're just trying to make it hip and neat by showing some old, you know, Marvel movie. It's it's embarrassing. Like really, watching mean, what they're showing you has nothing to do with what's actually happening. They just think by showing you those clips, it's going to make it seem connected to you and your generation or something. I just, it's embarrassing, is what it is. But we do have a superpower. Straight out of science fiction's X Men: The Last Stand. It's called weather modification or cloud seeding. Okay, so how is that like the movie we just saw? Oh, it's nothing like that at all, in fact. Okay, got it. Just want to make clear, make sure. We can't create the cloud. There has to be an existing storm system. We just give it a bump. Yeah. Garrett Kamins heads up one of the large. And that's not true either, by the way. I mean, that's what's so stupid about even this first step is that's not true. And you can easily prove that's not true. Yes, they can absolutely make clouds. It's, it's, that's the kind of technology that you can be, prove has been around for even longer than this. So it's funny that they're taking, you know, who, there, there's a clear political agenda here. And I don't know why they, it's, if it's this easy to prove, I mean, you know what, I guess as I was about to say that, I guess it's no different than showing you all of the peer-reviewed science that's proving that these injections are killing people. And they still just say otherwise. Some people out there just follow along with the narrative, but I'm, Feeling hopeful that it's less and less. The number is getting lower and lower. More people are paying attention. Largest cloud seeding companies in the U.S. Has the desperation in the mega drought made the interest in cloud seeding skyrocket? Oh, definitely. There are currently 42 cloud seeding projects across the American West. 42, right? But you realize if you say cloud seeding right now, you'll still be called a conspiracy theorist on Twitter right now. But but the 42 of them. And then we can go even further than cloud seeding and realize that a lot of these are, in fact, geoengineering or stratosphere injection, like we just pointed at, like the program from Stan, from Stan, or Harvard. But, you know, it's just funny the way that they play this game. Like this one in Utah, where they take planes like this with flares attached. They fly right into the storm and send microscopic particles into the cloud. Remember when we've shown those pictures of even that kind of thing and they get dismissed as ridiculous, like it's fake or it's altered or... You know, it, it's just sad. Now, realize that this could be just what they said, or it could be something else. We've talked about the nanotechnology conversation that's been around for a decade. Smart dust. These are real things. So why wouldn't that, you know, why wouldn't that be used as well if they think it's necessary? Or how about even further, what, what's in these? And is that not dangerous for us? The point is, we don't even have insight into what they're using. They just give these broad concepts. But at the end of the day, I can almost guarantee you what they're using eventually comes down or eventually gets breathed in and does have some effect on your body. Maybe that's why people are getting so much cancer. Who knows? Particles that act like magnets for water droplets, bonding together until they are heavy enough to fall to the ground as rain or snow. And it falls right on you. At the University of Colorado, researchers are working on artificial intelligence to deploy cloud seeding drones. 
And it's not just cloud seeding from the sky. There are hundreds of those things. That shack you see in the foreground is a ground-based cloud seeder. The little flame coming out is sending tiny silver iodide particles up into the sky. When it's Great. Now just take a quick moment and just look up silver iodine and realize that even that has health effects. And I mean, it's crazy to me that they don't even ask. Like these aren't journalists if their question is not immediately, okay, what are the possible side effects? Right? The, the, that, this is promotional. That's what it is. Propaganda. It's all they are today. Storm comes through, they go up to 2,000 feet above our head, into the storm, up those mountains, and make more snow than it naturally would. Well, cl- now, my, my, not to imply that there's somehow some catastrophic risk from that, but the point that it does have some effect. It's just interesting to me that that's not even on the table. But realize that this small little rudimentary thing, there's large versions of, it, of this that have been around for a decade or more that I've proven. We did this a lot. That, that, I think it was Harvey with Texas. You could prove that they had these very clear things set up. And the idea that a hurricane can somehow increase power after hitting land is scientifically impossible. Hurricanes take their power from the water. You saw this hurricane move over land and then get rapidly more severe. I mean, there's numerous weather people that said that was not true. Something changed that. And then you could prove the location right over which it got more powerful had a lot of these gigantic turbines over the blowing the steam and combined with other things. And it's easy to prove this is happening. Now, I'm not saying I know that that was done, but you can look at my research on that in the last American Vagabond diet beside for yourself. There's too much evidence to ignore this as being at least used, directed. Like, how about the idea that we could talk about weather being used as a weapon? That's real. Like we talked about with Israel and Iran. I, this is real stuff that's happening. Cloud seeding has been helping get every last drop out of some of the driest years on record. This past winter, Mother Nature came through. And then how about this? What does that do? Does it have a side effect? Do you, does that cause less rain the next time? Does that have any kind of effect on the natural cycle of things? Guess what? They don't care. The Southern Rockies, which feed the Colorado River, got more than four times their average snow. But experts say it's still not enough. As much as cloud seeding is a boost or a help, it's not a solution. The main solution is conservation. Cloud seeding is most successful in wet years, so this was a huge winter for them. They actually stopped early because Mother Nature was given up so much. Now, studies have shown that the environmental impacts from the silver iodide on the current scale, there are no impacts uh, to snow or rain also downstream. So it doesn't impact, you know, the other weather. They do right. anticipate at least 200 more ground cloud seeders. Right, right. So, as long, so it doesn't affect the weather. That's it. No question about your health or what it could do to you, what something could build. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of sad to think about. On the current scale, there are no impacts uh, to snow or rain also for them. They actually stopped early because Mother Nature was given up so much. Now, studies have shown that the environmental impacts from the silver iodide on. That's what it was. I was just making sure. Let's see. An inorganic compound. The compound is a bright yellow solid, but samples almost always contain impurities of metallic silver that give a gray coloration. The silver content. Contamination arises because it is highly photosensitive. Let me do this really quickly. Let's just see. I wasn't planning on going deeper, but I just figured I'd grab it really quickly. We could see, uh, here's one. Ecological effects of silver iodide and weather modification. It says the silver ion is among the most toxic of heavy metal ions. Here, let's just, just look at this real quick and we can go from there. I'll probably follow up. My point is always is that I don't even, I would be surprised if they even cared to look if it was dangerous. 
ecological effects of silver iodide. I was making sure it wasn't iodine. I died. The silver ion is among the most toxic heavy metal ions, particular, particularly to microorganisms and to fish. The ease with which AG forms insoluble compounds, however, reduces its importance as an environmental contaminant. But I don't care. I'm more worried about your body. In any case, we'll come back and look more. I don't want to waste time as I look at this. But look for yourselves, guys. My point is that it's much more than just that. We've been openly told that we're talking about barium. Aluminum. Aluminum has a very clear problem. Aluminum is directly connected to Alzheimer's and plenty of other mental issues. Now, in regard to the blood concept, now talking about the mRNA overlap with the conversation of how else this is being used, I want to point something out that I think is very important. That In regard to the lies, the blatant, on-the-surface, undeniable lies. Now, I want you guys to help me make this get more attention. I've been retweeting this and forcing this back in the surface of the conversation because they are hiding from this. Because I don't think they think there's enough attention on this topic. You remember this? I, I, I've, I've, been, I did a whole, I've done shows on this, more than one. Actually, let me do this and see if I can bring up that actual clip. Doesn't look like it. I will grab this since we talked about this one last time. The parents that had their baby taken away from them because they refused, they wouldn't let them use unvaccinated blood, even though they had somebody willing to do it. But the point is always to show you that the Red Cross in September 2022 literally says they don't label their blood as vaxxed or unvaxxed. Why? Because they claim still to this day that it does not enter your bloodstream. It's, I mean, that's pathetic. My point here was yet another peer reviewed study finds that they are wrong. How is it that you can know, how is it that we can know this? And yet you are still standing by that statement. You are putting people in danger. You are accountable for this action or lack thereof. This is very clear. SARS-CoV-2, spike mRNA vaccine sequences circulate in blood up to 28 days after the injection. And it goes further than that. So my point was to follow up with them again and point this out and say it is wildly irresponsible to not address this peer-reviewed science. That is actually only one of the many studies that show your stance is not just wrong, but poorly informed and dangerous. We see you. Do the right thing. Like, all I really care about first and foremost is that they stop allowing people to take the vaccinated blood. It's obvious this is a problem. You can see their tweet, their clipping right there, and I include this link there. Get this reach, man. I mean, I can't even believe this continues to happen. And as I said, it's only one of them. I've shown you three different studies now that show you proof undeniably that not only does it go into your blood within one hour, according to one of the oldest studies, but continues to populate as we've shown you this one. This I'll include this one since this is obviously important. And it tells you peer-reviewed, high-level, at least severe, science-direct, undeniably, that it creates a sustained synthesis of the, of the spike protein. It doesn't just make one as the lies they spun to begin. It keeps making them and destroys your immune system, causes you to get other diseases and cancers. I mean, it's all right here for you to see. But the Red Cross doesn't care, guys. I mean, isn't that, I just, it just kind of blows my mind to reflect on. Also wanted to point out that for some reason, as I tried to retweet this tweet, it kept telling me that tweet had been deleted. I guess it's just another one of those Twitter glitches, you know, or much, much more than that. Hopefully we're beginning to see. But here, I don't, I, I don't want to, uh, I don't know anything about this group. I just want to include it since somebody tagged it. I, I, I'm going to look more into it. So look at it through, uh, as always, be objective. 
Oops, thanks, guys. Uh, just so you can hear, what I just went over was just this by itself, this study here. You can see the, the, the among the most toxic I pointed out, and then we went to this. Just showing you here very clearly, you guys heard what I was saying with the point being that this is undeniable. Claiming that they don't enter the blood, here's the study that says that they do. Here's the study we've seen many times telling you sustained synthesis. The point is that I don't know much about this group or anything at all for that matter. I saw it just kind of right before I went live. Somebody had posted this, but I, it's good to see more people doing this. But as I said, look at it through a skeptical lens because I don't think about them, right? There's, there, this could be grifts. This could be a government manipulation. Who knows? But it says safe blood donation, protect the future, humanity, and our blood. The argument being this is, this is a, you know, a group that cares about what Red Cross seems not to. And it's talking about the mRNA vaccination. So just check it out. I, I, I believe Unjected was talking about that as well. There's a lot more of these things coming your way. What we just talked about, uh, which one was it? Oh, the fact that they are, why did I include that again? Now I'm blanking on it. But anyway, let's just, I'll come back to you if I remember that I'm blown away that they're still getting away with this. I mean, this is criminal. Right. I mean, this is literally criminal. They know better and are just not changing what they say. They're misinforming people on purpose for fear of po and politics. That's coward. You are cowardly. But just to include it, since we're talking about the same old lies that have continued to be spun right now. Oh, that that is why now I remember is the point is right now to this very day, they are still telling you that you can take. These dangerous injections right alongside the flu shot. Go ahead and take them both at the same time, despite still to this very day, their documentation tells you they don't know if that is safe because why they've never tested them alongside each other ever. All the documents are here. My point is all they've done now is just go, oh, we're just going to authorize the new bivalent, like another one is all it is. It's another they're saying we now we only the old monovalent is no longer allowed, but now you can take this new one. And if you've unvaccinated, you can only get one. But if you're a child that's unvaccinated, you can get three. That's not a joke. I don't even understand how that even scientifically makes sense. None of it does. That seems like a weird, aggressive, dangerous focus on your children that is, I mean, sinister. I don't, why would an adult be allowed only one new one, but children three? But the truth is, they're just saying, get the new bivalent. So all that changes now is get the new bivalent and the flu, despite them both still not being tested alongside each other because that's safe. Well, they still pretend it is. Why? The CDC says it's safe and effective. Well, if you haven't tested them, you don't know that. So they're blatantly lying. Here's the other one saying, come get it if you're pregnant. Yep, still, same point, same thing. They still do not know if this is safe. They still do not know. I forget what number this is. I mean, it, it's kind of staggering that they can get away with this. It really does show you how broken it all is, how willfully dishonest the whole thing is. I think it's right here. Here we go. So, just, I mean, look, this has been updated. <clears throat> I do find it interesting they stopped updating after November 2022. This used to be like almost every month. Now they just, eh, let's stop because we're tired of being caught in our lies. But same thing. Use in pregnancy while breastfeeding. The safety profile of the vaccine is not fully known in pregnant or breastfeeding women. The other one says not known at all. This one here interaction with other vaccines okay so just to be clear they're saying take it together right because they're safe and effective get them at the same time because dr Jaw said you got two arms 
COVID-19 vaccine will be used in individuals who also may receive other vaccines. Studies to determine if the co-administration of these vaccines with other vaccines may affect the efficacy or safety of either have not been performed. I mean, these single points should end the conversation. How do you explain that? Get that in front of the average person and be like, you tell me how that makes sense. They haven't done the studies, but yet they're going, do it, it's safe. Because they're liars. Well, that's why we have stuff like this happening. Sonia Elijah, who I've interviewed, I recommend you check it out. Horrifying data on vaccine side effects for menstrual anomalies, because we're talking about the same discussion. They didn't test this on pregnant women. Or in fact, they did have some, but they pushed them out of the studies when negative things happened, right? We've proven this. That's why their original phase three study shows that they are 36% more dangerous. I can't believe this narrative is still hanging on by shoestring and bubble gum. It's completely broken. Source, EU's periodic safety update report number three. You can look at it for yourself. The point is simple, as we've shown you many times. Heavy menstrual bleeding, 12,905. Instrument intermenstrual bleeding, 6,088. Vaginal hemorrhage, 1,759 women have hemorrhages. I mean, my God, postmenopausal hemorrhage, 1,179, 37. Jeez. But it's safe and effective. Well, on top of that, this is how they hide those things. And I wanted to call, this is another one I want you to help me reach, get called, get called out. Just like this one, where we, they know they're lying and they know that we see it. Let's get this. Get, this is specifically about Dr. June Rain, who is still in charge of the yellow card, uh, the system, the MHRK or MHRA in the UK. So theirs in the UK. So if you haven't seen this before, I made this clear on numerous shows. I figured I'd finally put it on Twitter where things actually seem to reach people. Remember that she said this in 2006. Here's the article again. Doctors urged to be more vigilant over drug side effects. 2006, right? So at the same time, they're at a time where they're like, oh, you know, we don't need to, you know, but it's interesting. So they're, te- they're being urged to be more, more vigilant. So her statement about this was the MHRA in 2006, was, she says, there is no need to prove that the medicine caused the adverse reaction. So in other words, in the context of today, there's no need to prove that the COVID-19 shot caused myocarditis, right? Just the suspicion is good enough, said June Rain, who is now the CEO of that system, which has provided posters for doctors to hang on their server. So, okay, so my point is, whether Vayers or the yellow card system, which is, you know, gen- they're different, but they're the equivalent system for safety signals. I said, you all made it very clear, quote, there is no need to prove the medicine caused the adverse reaction, just the suspicion is good enough. Yet now you all say something different. Why is that, Dr. June Rain? Anyone want to explain? I doubt it. I doubt it because they're going to be shown. If you get confronted with this in real time, you will get proven to be a liar because there is no, you can't just say we just changed the whole system. Well, the system's been operating since then. And the only thing that changed was that you got 99% of the things that are on that system are now only in one injection. And it makes it obvious you guys are hiding from the reality. Makes me sad. But this is how clear it is. Get it in front of people. This is a really concerning one. Vinjay Prasad points this out. I'll, go, I'll just start from the beginning of it. It says, the NIH has poured $1 billion into long COVID research, which is really stupid, seeing as how we now have two different peer-reviewed studies that, it's, that basically, let me see if I can actually pop, pop, grab that up. 
I did a tweet about it. This one? Oh, no, that, that is that one right there. Perfect. I said another peer-reviewed study found just found that long COVID is largely psychosomatic, not real. Now, to be clear, the, the one we're looking at, the newer one, doesn't use the word psychosomatic, but it makes it very, it's psychosocial. But if you do the research on it and look at what they're saying, it's what the point is, is that it's part interaction in your circles, but also psychological. So the point is that psychosomatic doesn't encapsulate this conversation. Now, the point is that they are both finding that it's not due to whatever we're calling SARS-CoV-2. That it is, it says, it finds that long COVID is associated with factors other than SARS-CoV-2 infection, including psychological factors. Two studies now, more. I think there's actually three of them, but my point is that I've talked about this a lot. And yet they poured a billion dollars into this. Why? Because this is how they lie about it. They keep all, they, this is how they have successfully bury their injection side effects by just claiming it's all long COVID. Despite the fact that I think even Jimmy Dore talked about this, that they have shown that there, there's plenty of research that shows that sa- the side effects being caused by the injection weirdly look exactly like what they're calling long COVID. Why? Because that's what it is. The article is devastatingly true. What's been done? What's been accomplished since 2020? So even if you don't agree with what I said, the point is nothing has happened. This should be an indictment of our current research and regulatory system. Some institutions are raking in money in f and in, in directs, but what's getting done for those with long COVID? So he, he clearly believes this. And the point is, you can see that this is an illusion. Are, are, uh, it's basically pointing out that they say, it says, thank you, Pfizer VP, for your service in chairing the study. And Benjamin decided, what do you mean he chaired the study? And this is exactly what I wrote. And the point is, it turns out that the VP of Pfizer was involved with the study that's arguing that this is what's being caused and not by the injection. Gee, what a surprise. He said, this is unbelievable. How can you allow a company that wants to sell drugs for billions to have its agent torpedo grants at the federal level? And as Chief Nerd points out, the person we're talking about, it's written right there as plain as day. NIH, Michael Dolston, PhD, Pfizer. Since 2014, he's co-chaired the Accelerating Medicine Partnership with the National Institutes of Health. Why? Because it's a captured agency in regard to the, I mean, well, the government, NIH, basically. Like, same with the equivalent of EPA, right? It's because the pharma companies have influenced them and taken them over. It's it's clear as it gets. Now, here is them trying to spin a lie. After the fact, and we told you this would happen. This is Dr. This is Walensky telling you it's an evolution of science. This is the Piers Morgan lie. Well, the science changed. No, it didn't. And we've proven that. And you've grudgingly admitted to that. But now I guess you're hoping that people have forgotten most of what went on because it was so convoluted that now you can kind of just stand back and this is your mission accomplished moment. We did it, right? It's all over because, well, we, we've successfully started. Well, what she's basically telling you is that, yeah, well, they, they can't stop transmission. But they did, though, in the beginning. They worked, and it's just because it changed. Which, by the way, the subtle insinuation is that it changed because of unvaccinated people. All of this is lies. I'm not even going to get into breaking this down because it's so obviously proven. Every single part of this, we've proven to you that the people that have injected are the ones spreading it, which is causing these variants, if that's even what's really going on. On top of that, that from the very beginning, according to their own documentation, according to the Forbes that covered it, according to our work around it, according to Tal Zaks in 2021, they never intended for this to stop transmission. They never even studied to find out. 
It wasn't because Omicron changed everything, which I still point out something very strange about Omicron coming from Botswana, diplomats, the whole discussion, which nobody talks about anymore, started in South Africa, we're told. Not true. Point is, how can you rewrite history this stupidly, this clumsily? Because people want to believe it. They want to put this to bed. But I don't think anybody buys this anymore. Whoa. That's weird. Can you guys hear that? Let me see if this sounds weird. Scale. There are- no. That was weird. That uh, The audio on that was not playing, at least not to me. Let me see. Okay. That's crazy. Flamingos, can you guys hear that? Or is that just like whispery sounding? Let me just try and download it again. That was strange. One second, guys. So this, so basically, this is just a video of Walensky and him talking back and forth. Yeah, that's weird. There it is. <laughs> strange. All right. One more time. Yeah, it's garbled, huh? That was really weird. I've never seen that happen before. Let's see if this works. Are you serious? How does that possibly make sense? If I upload a different video, it works. So plant. Welcome to the technocratic future, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, All right. Well, I guess uh, just do it like this. (laughs) I don't even know how that possibly makes sense. I've just downloaded the video twice. It plays on the the video. The other video plays. So it's unique to that that one download. And by the way, that one download played for me before we started the show. I don't know what's going on, but let's just do it here. Director Walensky. In March 2021 on MSNBC, you stated that, quote, vaccinated people do not carry the virus. They don't get sick. Do you remember making that statement? Yeah, under the, I do, well, I remember such statements. I don't know if I remember that one. Okay, was that statement correct? And by the way, you damn well know she does because it's gone viral and she's seen it a thousand times. So I love the dishonest answer that we all know is dishonest right out of the gate. Time it was. It was a wild type uh, virus that we had. It was um, even before the alpha variant. It was the initial wild type virus. And all the data at the time suggested that um, people who were vaccinated, um, even if they got sick, couldn't transmit the virus to someone else. So what she's saying is the data suggested that's not the same thing. And she knows she's being dishonest. So she wants you to think that it did then and it's changed because of Omicron. But what she really says here is that we didn't know. That's how they played this game. Well, we didn't study it, right? We didn't do the research because we thought for sure that it would. So the point is, the data suggested, well, the data was not there. You're talking about observational assumption based on experts who say that these things would in normal circumstances. That's the game. There's no reason to believe that it wouldn't. We heard those things, right? This is what she's playing. The the reality is it never did. It was not designed to. In fact, I think it was designed not to. The bottom line is that she acts like it's suggested because they never looked or cared to research it. So when they get past it, they just go on acting like it it suggested that it did, but now it's changed because we're suggesting that it was working and now it's not. Or it never did. You knew that and you just pretend like you never really looked in the first place. Like we need to see how coordinated this is the level of dishonesty to hide the accountability of what actually was done to you this is the kind of person by the way and she probably knows this that is the first person under the bus the moment that we actually get enough research enough momentum here so this for her and my i would bet is an is desperate avoidance of accountability 
even if they got sick. Oh, here. Um, suggested that um, people who were vaccinated, um, even if they got sick, couldn't transmit the virus to someone else. All right. Is that statement still correct? Um, well, so we've had an evolution of science and an evolution of the virus. We have since that wild type virus had the alpha variant, the delta variant, now the Omicron variant and numerous subvariants. And remember that during Delta was when she admitted that it was not stopping transmission, except right now she just moves the goalpost and says Omicron because that's easier for them. Yes, that statement is no longer correct with the Omicron subvariants we have right now. So, so the, the statement that the data suggests that it stops transmission is not correct? Well, that's not true because your dad, your your study nonsensical lying data does still suggest that because it's never been true. I mean, this is just a garbling. This is a, just a manipulation of language. Like this makes no sense at all. And the truth again is that it's nothing to do with Omicron. She said this during Delta and used the term Delta. She must know that it's easy to prove. These people are they don't care. It's kind of sad, isn't it? Like, I mean, there's a part of it that's almost enjoyable to watch these people. They must be sweating. I hope they're sweating. I hope they go to prison because they're terrible, disgusting human beings. But on top of it, there's some level of impunity here. They, 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 the fact that they know we can prove in real time that she said this and she just lied about it, they don't care. Either that's absolute desperation with no other action to take or they think they can get away with it. Maybe both. But Peter McCullough says transmission among fully vaccinated was shown quickly in 2021 by fair and hope and high lo- viral loads and vaccines. So the point he's agreeing, the point is that, yes, it's obvious, not in Omicron land in 2022, but in 2021. And before that, by the way, based on the UK's own data. But also it's this this is another part. And then we're going to finish off with the the coding discussion. That unfortunately, the bill, Missouri HB 1169 failed which is kind of staggering to me because all it was really talking about, and we went over this in depth, for the most part went over what it was about, that all it was talking about was not restricting anything, just labeling. That's it. So if you meet the criteria of a genetic material, then it has to be labeled. And they all voted no. Why? Because they don't want to tell you what they're giving you. What more do we need to see? He's saying they don't want you to see what's being, but but you are buying on meat labels. If you want to be assured of a safe meat supply with future genetic technologies, give them a call and support transparency legislation. I actually need to even play this. The point is, he just simply said he's talking about this before he posted this today about it being about it failing to pass. But he's talking about in there the idea about the, the pork and the meat. We've talked about all this. It's very real. So the idea that this mRNA overlap has already been being done for a long time says a lot. If we didn't know about it then, God only knows what's already happening right now. New stuff, higher level things. I mean, why is that so hard for people to wrap their minds around? If mRNA has been in pork and we weren't told about it for years now, which is easy to prove. CHD did a great article about it. Ask yourself what else they might be doing. Now, here's a conversation of something that I want to finish with that is concerning as hell to me. Now, it's actually not as concerning as it at first appeared to me, only because there was it appear unless again, unless this is the manipulation itself. It appears that people were confusing an older group from the UK with this this newer one, I guess. And I'll show you what I mean in the second part, which the older ones seems wildly concerning. Talking about, in fact, an overlap with ethylene oxide of all things, which we talked about with the P, with the the, the the PCR testing and the different swabs that that was that was that conversation. 
So I was like, oh, here we go again. But as I went through it, it turned out that there was some truth to this. And so I want to break this down for you. Regardless of how dangerous it may appear on the surface, which some of these things are just kind of, you know, may seem benign to some people, talking about uh, monoglycerides and, and, and diglycerides, things like that. But the average person, I mean, why we think, even if we don't see the danger on the surface, that we would want a Bill Gates World Economic Forum-backed food Anything, anything. What after the rice? After well, specifically GMOs. After the after the injections they forced on everybody that are killing people right now, still to this day. This goes back to 2018. A Bill Gates-backed edible coating available at Costco would make avocados last twice as long, and it just got a 70 million dollar boost. As it says here, so far the startup has developed products for more than three dozen crops including asparagus, peaches, lemons, pears, and nectarines. Did you hear about any of this? Before this week, it's called Appeal, had attracted at least $40 million in venture capital funding from several high-profile investors, including the Bill and Linda Gates Foundation. On Tuesday, the company announced it received an additional $70 million funding from a round led by Viking Global Investors, we've mentioned in the past, Andresine Herowitz, Upfront Ventures, and S2G Ventures, Walter Robb, Whole Foods Market, of all people, co-founder and former co-CEO will join Appeals Board as well. Don't you love that? Whole Foods has, gone, has strayed quite a far away from their natural discussion in the beginning. Made of leftover plant skins and stems. Well, this is what we'll get into, whether you think that's the case. The coating acts as a barrier designed to slow and decay, the decay process. After the coating dries, it locks in moisture and acts as a shield against natural gases oxygen, ethylene, and makes avocados ripen. Now, one of the earliest points I want to make here, and I'll finish with this, or uh, wait, that was the wrong, oh, I forgot I have to close some of these. One second. Is this, I'll finish with this in general, is this old conversation, I, I wrote this in 2016, about the, the, the general reality that this country throws away enough food every year to feed everyone that needs to be fed. It's because of stuff like this. The perfectly shaped, perfectly colored fruit and vegetable. That's still happening right now. And yet what they're talking about is trying to create some, or already using, some kind of fake cover to stop them from going bad because, because food waste. Well, why don't we just stop wasting food first? Why don't we, see, this is the equivalent of, you know, here's Narcan to stop overdoses. How about we just stop flooding people with, nar- with nar- you know, allowing opioid, or not allowing, but, you know, the, the government angle of the opioid crises. The point is that we put a Band-Aid on the problem instead of addressing the real problem. And in this case, I don't want some chemical process over my food. How about we just stop wasting all the food? But no, we want to keep wasting it to maximize profit and then also have our cake and eat it too. It says the U.S., let's see, this is the worst part. The FDA has approved this and, and, and approved it as what generally recognized as safe. How many times have I mentioned that? As they write, meaning they're okay to eat and sell. Oh, yeah, you know, you know how what else was considered generally recognized as safe? Well, your injections you're taking are if, if safe and effective, we're told. But we have things like DDT and, you know, Teflon and all these things that were generally accepted as safe by the FDA that ended up killing a lot of people. Is that because they were wrong, didn't see it, or they were paid? Not can you can decide for yourself. Really doesn't matter because right now this is also generally recognized as safe. And all that really means is it barely meet some kind of arbitrary metric that they decide on, which still doesn't mean that it's safe. It just means it's not very dangerous. And that's the truth of it when you look into it. 
But on t- and that doesn't even account for things that build up in your body, like glyphosate or any number of other things we talked about. But it also then just has to be acknowledged that I don't trust the FDA. Look at what they just gave us telling us it's safe. Why would we think that's even remotely safe? The company is also working on a second product called Invisipeel that is designed to keep insects away. Invisipeel is not yet widely available. I, look, that one looks to have been trailed off into some skincare product. I'm not sure. But this is 2018. As you can see here, they changed the, the name a little bit. APL Technology operating as APL Sciences, as I understand it. Here's the grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Here's the promotion from the World Economic Forum. Just to see the alignment here. And just to show you that the APL technology, as it says here, doing business as APL Sciences. Incorporated in 2012. It's a long time for this to be going on. Weird that it's only now being pointed at. But of course, showing you the Whole Foods market. Just kind of creeps me out. Now, here is their homepage the, about how it works. A peel keeps produce fresh for longer, thanks to the help of a little extra peel. Now, of course, this is being sold to us by the idea of, you know, feeding the hungry and stopping climate change and plastic waste, you know, as all these people use 14 masks a day and gloves and, and don't care about that, or the idea that it's more like the idea that this is about stopping hunger when, you know, again, you're not addressing the real problem. It's the waste through military and, and, and comp- corporate, corporate production. That's the real problem. But instead of dealing with that, we just make a chemical process that st- allows the stuff that they don't throw away to just last longer. Like this is the kind, this is the solution that they push. That's not even remotely a solution. It is, ex- it is allowing the problem and putting a bandaid on a bullet hole. But that's how they operate. That's why they're forcing you to change your life and allowing the U.S. military to be the biggest polluter on the planet every year going forward. But the interesting parts here, it says, made from food to protect your food. APL is composed entirely of purified monoglycerides and diglycerides. They are safe to eat as verified by regulatory authorities around the world. Right, because you can trust the government said, so you can trust it, right? Including Health Canada, because Canada's trustworthy, United States FDA, and the WHO. Because, you know, Canada, the FDA, and the WHO, they're, they're the ones we trust today, right? Well, I'm not saying that means they're dangerous, but I just think it's pretty ridiculous we're at a point in time where these people are still being touted as the ones you can trust. But it goes on to say, our product, Eddie Peels, I'm going to look at that in a moment just to remember the name. I think that was it. My point here is to let's take a first look at the the publicly stated things that they're using. Purified monoglyceride diglycerides. Now, again, this is not very extreme. Like, this would not be something that would, other than the fact that we can, and and here's the sticker you should watch out for, a peel. But from where it's coming from. So going back to the original point, I don't know why we would trust that this, in fact, doesn't have everything in it that we're told that it doesn't. Like, you know, brings to mind, oh, I shouldn't refresh that, brings to mind, son of a gun, the conversation of compulsory moral bioenhancement, right? So if they decide that we need this stuff to save us all from COVID and that the anti-vaxxers would never take it, but we need everybody, well, their argument would be, well, we should do it covertly. Right? It's to say that it is morally preferable for compulsory moral bioenhancement, that's any genetic manipulation or implantation, anything like that, to be administered without the recipients knowing they're receiving that enhancement because it's better for you. That's what their argument is. Or they think so, or they lie so, who knows? 
either way, the point is it's not hard to see how they might do something like this. And just let's just jam in some mRNA in there. Let's just make this happen or that happen. I'm just completely theorizing as we're should be obviously acknowledged is appropriate to do all the time. I'm going to stop using the word allowed because it's not even about allowed or not. The point is that it's obviously appro- appropriate for us to ask questions, theorize. It's not crazy to theorize about how people may conspire. As this literal scientific study openly points out, they're conspiring here. This just simply means discussing this behind the scenes about how they can do this and how they should do it without you knowing because that's best. That's actually what we're talking about. Well, here is just the quick surface point about what these are. And even those have problems. You may be getting more mono and diglyceride than you should. 2018, the point is simply that food manufacturers typically use these to extend a product's shelf life. Now, why does this sound like it makes it healthier, safe for you? What I find that these are in most are things like hydrogenated oil products, like the seed oil products, the things that are, you know, the, the grossest, worst products that we see on the shelf that you should never be eating, the processed and packaged garbage. That's where these are. Monoglycerides and diglycerides are food and typically in those that are processed and packaged some of which are the least healthy food products on the market. So now we're getting this monodiglyceride packaging around even fruits and vegetables that you will ingest. It says this includes soft drinks, candy, gum, margarine, shortening, you know, all the best stuff. I'm being facetious. Now it also points out that trans fats have been associated with an increased risk of diseases, heart disease, stroke, diabetes, and in fact, in, they promote inflammation, obesity, uh, and, all, and so on. The point is that these Specific types of fats do, in fact, contain trans fats. Now, these again, these are all this is just kind of general health product. This is not some large conspiracy about like the vaccine discussion. And there are some thoughts that I have, but this is just to show you that this is being done not for your health, not for climate change or for food. This is about profit control and corporate agendas. Because the reality is, this has nothing to do with solving the actual problem. As I said, this is about me allowing the thing that they use through the problematic infrastructure to last longer. What are monoglycerides and are they safe? This one simply points out, oh, right here. The FDA classifies monoglycerides as generally recognized as safe. Same point. I don't know why that means safe to anybody as food additives and ingredients mean they do not pose an immediate health risk. There's your real point. All that means generally recognized as safe is that it does not pose an immediate risk. That's that makes you feel good, doesn't it? Currently, food producers mostly use monoglycerides and diglycerides in small amounts. So it is hard to say how eating large amounts, you know, say on the fruits, you consume the entire thing and cut and use all that all day long. Amounts of these types of fat will impact human health. They don't know is the point. Why? Because we don't know. We've never studied this in large amounts in a long period of time. During the manufacturing process, monoglycerides and diglyceride mixtures can also become contaminated with very small quantities of toxins like lead, nickel, ash, cadmium, mercury, arsenic. Now, there's small amounts given, but it's interesting overlap with the conversation we were just having of all the other contaminants that are being added. I mean, it seems it's an unnecessary thing, isn't it? You're putting it on things you don't need. One more added point. Well, and just to make this clear, can I wash this off? Well, it says you could likely remove some, some with water and scrubbing, but it's unlikely that you'd be able to remove it all. That's disgusting. 
and with and of it without damaging the fruit or the vegetable. A peel to the point is you could carve off the outside, but who knows that doesn't soak into the inside. A peel forms a barrier of edible material on the skin or peel, and it wouldn't maintain the fruit's natural freshness if it was easily removed. For that reason, we only use food ingredients to make a peel. But the point is, that's what's being stated. One, two, these are coming from people that we shouldn't be trusting, and three, that on the surface, even what they are using, as we just pointed out, seemingly has its own problems. But all that being said, let's not forget that the natural lab-grown meat that they're also making to solve a problem also might be causing cancer. We could eat malign chicken tumors with bucket loads. This is lab-grown meat's impending cancer problem. The National Pulse. It's saying the problem is that the materials used to make the product is what they call immortalized cell lines replicate forever, just like cancer, which means, in effect, that they are cancer. Although these cell lines are widely used in scientific research, they've never been used to produce food. Now, they try to tell you that's not possible in humans, but if they'd never done it before, how do they know that? And how do they not know that these DNA changes from whatever else we've been doing might not cause some kind of new thing to happen? The point is, this is crazy to me. This is another venture in the direction of experimentation with your body to maximize profit, to arguably stop climate change, even though the reality is cow farts, actually cow breathing, which neither of them are a real problem. But even the people telling you cow farts are a problem are misunderstanding that it's predominantly through the mouth that it comes out. Not the, so it just shows you they don't even know their own talking points. But even both of those are not a real problem here because we're being lied to about the reality of what climate change or what this really is. Now, we are hurting the planet, undeniably but it has nothing to do with my opinion with carbon and with with the gases from cows. But all of this is being done under that guise and what they're doing is hurting you in a lot of more serious and immediate ways. There are no long-term safety data for the consumption of what these are. The first immortalized human cell line was produced from cancer cells. Taking, so basically they're literally taking cancer cells and using them to make fake meat or rather the, the impetus of it. The sample was taken from lax without her informed consent. So this woman, so they took her cells to make this in the very beginning, in 1951. Her treatment is now held up as a test case of failed medical ethics. So this whole thing is literally the beginning of this make meat started with a lack of medical ethics. You can't even make this stuff up. Despite the ethical controversy that surrounds their use, the HeLa cell line of cells, as it is known, has been responsible for a number of scientific and medical breakthroughs. Immortalized human cells were used to develop a number of, guess what, COVID-19 shots. Is this all just another angle to get this in your body? I mean, I gen- I'm really beginning to ask. I mean, I've asked that this whole time. But so now you've got fake meat being used with immortalized cells that they use to make COVID-19 shots and God knows what else. You've got Bill Gates involved with the synthetic meat direction very clearly. Right. You've got the, all these other angles and it's overlap. We're talking about the injections, talking about the uh, East Palestine. I mean, it's just kind of amazing to see how all these angles are working kind of together. And I mean, now we're now they're coating our fruits and vegetables with some God knows what. And don't forget, again, talking about this overlap that we know that Elon Musk is working with Bill Gates and the rest of them to produce mRNA microfactories for these injections. This all comes together, and then this is him saying out loud on April 12th, this will make some people upset, but I need to emphasize that accelerating synthetic mRNA, the mod RNA used for all of this, technology is another silver lining. It is a revolution in medicine, like going from analog to digital, or killing a lot of people, you know, either or. The COVID mRNA vaccine dosage level was too high. 
which I agree with, but it's all too high is the point because it's killing people regardless, causing more harm than good. But I'm convinced that this synthetic mRNA is the surest path to, you know, the cancer problem or giving people what they want or all the other negative side effects. But, you know, we'll go with the one that makes you think it's good. Obviously, those are all my opinions. But can we not see that this is the same agenda? Now, back to the point about this new direction, the coding. This is something, as always, guys, never, ever, ever, but I'll be the person that's going to go, what do the fact checks say? <laughs> Look, we question all of them. We question the fact checks. We question the people sharing that the fact checks are wrong. And sometimes, yes, these fact checks are, in fact, just showing you that something is incorrect. Not, and, but the whole story here from this fact check is riddled with misinformation, too. But I looked at this to get a sense of what they were saying, as I often do, and it turns out there is something to this. This is a claim, a safety data sheet, which is what I looked up first, by the way. And I, by the way, I had nine tabs open of research in this very direction until I found that, that they, this is correct, that this actual MS, the, MS, the uh, material safety data sheet for appeal apparently is a different product with the same name that comes from the UK which I did look into, and apparently is now. The, the point would be, it could be that these is some kind of a, this is a manipulation, that these are the same thing, and that they're just lying about that. I wasn't able to prove the, the difference, but the bottom line is that this seems, to, in, in other than the name, everything else seems to be different. Everything. Which is interesting. But coming back to this, let me read what this says first. And then I'll show you what the actual, you know, this is, this is one of their sheets right here for the actual thing they're talking about. But it says a safety data sheet for appeal sciences, a company that makes a protective coating used to, this is the claim, it shows that it causes eye damage and allergic reactions. And they say it was false. Now, this says the California-based appeal sciences markets that it's plant-based and so on, which I just showed you, but even that has its problems. But it says social media posts are distorting the fact that a product known as Peel by conflating it with an unrelated cleaning product that shares a name with appeal. And that's what you could see here is a, it's a cleaning product. Uh, it's right here. Hard surface cleaner. Now it says the document being cited, however, is not for appeals at appeal. All right. And so, I mean, that does appear to be the case, regardless of whether these fact checks are wrong all the time. Now, Sophia Dahl is where I saw this first, which, is got, which I want to give her credit for getting opening this conversation, despite the fact that I do agree that this is not the correct MSDS, material safety data sheet. Either way, she gave me the Business Insider article, which we read, and we'll go from there and show you this. But here is what it appears to be. This one does not appear to be the correct sheet. This one appears to be at least I, – I was unable to find an Eddie Peel at, with limited time. I'll, I will tell you that. I was try, coming down to the wire on this today. But that for Eddie Peel specifically, which I will try to look more into. But here's what it says on this sheet from Canada. Eddie Peel, which is interesting. I, I wasn't able to find anything else around Eddie Peel other than this. So I guess it's certainly possible that this is different, even though the data lines up completely. The point is what it says here is that on the ingredients, Eddie Peel is composed of a mixture of food-grade glycerolipids. Glycerolipids. I said differently earlier. Hold on. What was it? Uh, glycerin, glycer, glycerolipids, gl glycerolipids. That's what we're going to say. Glycerolipids derived from edible plant oils. So here's what's interesting. These are the same thing we're talking about here. What's interesting to me, because you can see it says appeal right there. What's interesting to me is that this seems to be slightly different. Now, maybe I'm, mis maybe I'm misunderstanding the overlap of, of glycerolipids 
with the idea of where was it? Mono uh, monoglycerides and diglycerides. I mean, they, they're I understand the fat over, but, but they seem to be a little bit of a different explanation, right? Like even right here, it's talking about Eddie Peel. It doesn't say the same thing. I just found that kind of interesting. But here's what here's the point to get into specifically the word they're using on this document. The glycerolipids. I find it very interesting to make this point about the overlap of lipids. Well, we know that lipids are being used in the injection. Oh, the lipids are very common. But we know that lip, nanolipid particles are being used in the injection, which encapsulate mRNA instructions. So it's kind of alarming to see all of this overlap and then find that out and be like, okay, is it not possible to do the same thing? Just a thought. Glycerolipids are a structurally heterogeneous group of lipids that play key structural and functional roles in bacterial, plant, and animal membranes. Interesting. Well, here's what it says about these on another angle. Just again, just kind of looking out to see what they're not telling us about what these things are, always making it seem like a revolution in safety and whatever. Well, this article, this study, seems to suggest that there's a risk. Circulating glycerolipids. Here's what it says. That regarding type 2 diabetes. It says, we aim to assess the associations between glycerolipids in the blood and incident of type 2 diabetes. It's saying at six-year resurvey, 463 participants had developed type 2 diabetes. 43 out of 104 glycerolipids were significantly associated with incident of type 2 diabetes risk. Well, that's pretty interesting. So just, I mean, just taking it right out of the top and pointing out that this is something they're telling you, that this is using glycerolipids over these things in a sense, you know, encapsulating your fruits, vegetables, and so on. And this is simply telling you that 43 out of 104 who had high levels of glycerolipids were significantly associated with type 2 diabetes. What do you know? Oh, that's when I was trying to search for these. Here's another one, 2008. Glycerolipid metabolism and the signaling in health and disease. Maintenance of body temperature is achieved partly by modulating lipo, uh, lip, uh, lipolysis, lipo, lipolysis, maybe. <laughs> There's always a couple of cadences you could use for these words. Lipolysis by a network of complex regulatory mechanisms. Lipos, uh, uh, lipolysis is, a, is an integral part of the glycerolipid free, free fatty acid cycle. Interesting. So the glycerolipid free fatty acid cycle, what it says is the evidence supporting the view that alterations in this cycle, the cycling are involved in the pathogenesis of fatal conditions such as obesity, type 2 diabetes, and cancer is discussed. Finally, we present a perspective of the possible therapeutic implications of targeting this cycle. So the point being that you could argue that you, using or adding a lot of glycerolipids to your body affects this cycle. I, it's just interesting to see. I don't, my point in all this, again, what I said in the beginning, these are, these are reasonably benign compared to the real, some of the things we're talking about today. But I kind of think it's an important point to point out that this is being, this has already been done. These are already in the grocery stores. And I don't even think they care about the other things that are happening. They can just get swept up with, oh, that's probably from East Palestine. Oh, that's probably from the injections. Oh, that's probably from 30,000 other things that we're proving cause cancer or cause this or cause diabetes. I don't really think they care. And my point is it's not that difficult to look these things up and realize that there is something to this. That it, it, it would be a hell of a lot better just to eat the fruit or the vegetable and just not force it to last longer to, to, to suit corporate interests, Right. Well, last few points on this. I thought it was interesting to, find, to, to look at their filings. 
Here's the te- uh, the technology filing showing you that in they've raised $284 million, almost $284.5 million in total. In 2014, they only raised over $1 million. Well, actually only $980,000. They tried to sell over $1 million offerings, and that's only what they sold. Now, in 2016, they had a huge jump. to thirty. They, they sold out $32 million, almost $33 million in offerings, and, they, and, and, and it then was bought up. Then in 2020, another offering. It's weird. So they've just been building and building and building and building. And they finally, they, they didn't sell it entirely, but they got $244 million in funding in 2020. Why suddenly? Right? Was it was it less important in 2016 or 2014? I mean, I just, it's what else is going on in 2020 that suddenly makes it interesting to use glycerolipids to encapsulate all of our fruits and vegetables? I mean, guys, I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not even again. The term conspiracy theory shouldn't even be used right there because theorizing about a conspiracy is benign. It's always it should always be done. Conspiracies happen all the time. But I'm not trying to be uh, hyperbolic or or you know guess. Overly guess. I just want to point out the possibilities and realize that it's not that ridiculous to ask this question, especially with what we know has already been done. Now, last like last couple of points, I thought it was interesting to say to point out that in 2014, one of the points could be they were just building, growing, right? But it's weird that here is a peel technology, which the name is spelled a little bit differently. Is is the right one? 2000. It's because it is. It's in in Santa Barbara, California, four two two Linda. Then in 2016, they moved to 819 Redrick Street in Santa Barbara. Say, and they changed their name to, you know, or rather just changed the A and the capitalizing. Then again in 2020, they move again to 71 South, in, still in California. I just think that's strange. Three times in that short period of time, moving businesses. But in, in any case, they, just, they got more money, got more funding. I don't know. Just, just pointing these things out in case that somehow becomes relevant as this goes forward. And then an, art, an article from 2021. Appeal bites into another $250 million funding round, which we just showed you. They're now valued in 2021 at $2 billion. A couple points here. It says Santa Barbara-based Appeal developed a plant-based layer for the surface of fruits and vegetables that is tasteless and odorless and that keeps moisture in while letting oxygen out. Now, that's another interesting thing to think about. If it keeps moisture in, I'd be willing to bet you these people don't consider what a, what a culinary-minded person would consider. How much you want to bet that's going to make things mold, it's going to make things rot, It's going depending on the, the temperature, right? Moisture is not meant to be trapped inside of these things. I didn't even think about that. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, uh, thank you. 3,000 says alarmist. That's the word I was actually looking for. I'm not trying to be alarmist with this stuff. I'm just trying to show you these are valid questions we should ask. Don't immediately assume this is everything it shouldn't be just ask whether it could be and we'll wait for evidence to prove it if you know if that comes to pass but think about this if you're trapping in the moisture like i this seems like a guaranteed way to trap microorganisms right think about that the last thing you want to do with moisture and temperature is trap it in a confined space that is what allows this to be a problem so think about that. If what what if they what if this suddenly becomes even accidentally a vector for for illness? It suddenly starts spreading bacteria or viruses or whatever else. Think about that. It says in those two factors they partic- in particular that lead the grocery produce lasting twice as long. 
It says, in addition to that technology, the company acquired Impact Vision earlier this year to add another layer of quality. This, um, this is crazy to me. I'll, I'll point it out next. Basically, like, scanning vegetables and fruits to see how they can make them last longer. It's saying, quote, one in nine people are going hungry. And if, in, in, and if three in nine pieces of produce are being thrown away, is that because they're rotting? No. In some cases, sure, but that's because of what I just showed you. It says we can better be better stewards of the food we are throwing away. This is a solvable problem. We just have to get the pieces to the right place at the right time. Okay, so this is the illusion. So is stopping the ones from rotting the reason we're having a problem? Well, no. And it, look, by the way, it's not just three and nine pieces. It's way more than that. It's most of them. And I've made this very clear. Well, first of all, here's this ridiculous appeal acquires imaging technology so rather x-raying your food i mean what is that going to do to it that's a whole other conversation but it's appeal today announced its acquisition of impact vision for an undisclosed amount it says hyper hyperspectral imaging technology is soon to be integrated into their application systems at supplier locations adding a new layer of insights to help fresh food supply what do you mean so they can tell you exactly how long it has like what a wasteful venture I mean, you don't realize what else this could be. I mean, just, this just seems so ridiculous to me. Anyway, the point is to, you know, more ripeness, freshness, density, and other in- indicators of quality. Okay. All of this is being done because right now, or at least, okay, I wrote this in 2016, and it's only worse today. Right now, it's saying, it says that it, currently one-third of the food produced worldwide ends up in the trash every year. Every year. The United States is by far the worst, with about 60 tons of food wasted every year. It's worse than that today. That means that the world hunger, not just this country, but world hunger, could literally be solved by utilizing the 33% of the world's food that is wasted for arbitrary reasons like miscolored, misshaped, Right now, that still happens. Oh, that, that, the first part was that it says, for the past two decades, the rate of global food production has increased faster than the rate of global population growth. The world already, in 2016, produces more than one and a half times enough food to feed everyone on the planet. Easy to prove. That's not, that, and that's, that's even wild GMOs hurt that production number. Now, it says that's enough to feed 10 billion people. The population peak expected at 2050. This was 2016, but yet we throw it all away, and it's because of things just like this. Now, these people are saying, let's keep doing that, but let's just make sure that the ones we don't throw away are wrapped in some fake Gates-back, Weft-back plastic genetically engineered concept so they don't rot as fast, but they still will rot, though. And that's what we're going to do. How about we just don't throw food away? How about instead of throwing it away, you give it to people who need it? And the point in this article that I make is it's long since been debunked that people are liable. There's been precedent after precedent set that you can give people your thrown away food from restaurants, from anything, and they can't sue you if they get sick. That's been their, their classic argument. It makes me sick to think that we're still doing this. Currently, Americans in 2016 waste almost 40% of their food. That's $165 billion worth of food every year, about 20 pounds per person every month. This is wasted yet perfectly edible food that could fill 730 football stadiums. 
The percentage of waste has increased by around 50% since 1974. In a time when California is struggling with its own resources, that's still still today. Throwing away usable product is a negligent waste of the state's labor and natural resources that went into its production, such as water. I said this barely scratches the surface of the root problem. But the first step is making the public aware that world hunger is a problem that we are currently capable of solving, except corporate interests and government planning get in the way. These sources are still down there for you. It's just mind-blowing, isn't it? That this is where we can actually be. And that instead of solving the problem that we can easily solve, they want to pump more genetic manipulations and chemicals down your throat because that is what they do. Now, I guarantee you there are more sinister things going on around all of this. But the truth is you don't even really need it to understand why that's wrong. It is wrong. You are going in the wrong direction. You're going in the direction of more manipulation, more fake life, more, more circumvention of life, and more control. We need to see this by now. Thank you all for being here. I just, I can't tell you how much it means to me that you guys continue to support this platform. There's so many ways to do so. The most important thing as always is to share the work. The fact that you guys show up every single time and you're here supporting this platform, that you're out there supporting Scott from Rebunk, which again is part of the last American Vagabond, that you're out there supporting the, the people around the, the, I mean, supporting Unlimited Hangout, supporting the Conscious Resistance, supporting the work of our writers on their own platforms. I mean, the fact that we're supporting the independent media, I mean, I, I just can't stress how much of a difference you have made individually throughout all of this and long before COVID-19. You know, I, 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 I meant to do this in the beginning and I actually forgot, but I, make, I just want to give a shout out to the, everybody out there who is supporting this platform. And I've gotten some amazing, I mean, I, I just, I couldn't even begin to, to truly thank all the people out there that send in the amazing letters that we, that I, I, make, I make a point to see every single one of them. We respond handwritten letters to every single one we get. I make sure that happens. But unfortunately, I just don't have the time or remember to respond to every one of them on this show. So my point in saying that is that I'm sure somebody sent something that you know may have even meant more to me than this, and it just hasn't been something I've shown. This just happens to be on the table. I wanted to thank Brad, Bra- I think Brady specifically. He says, I'm a huge fan. I make stickers to promote critical thinking and wanted to have share some. And I just thought you guys would enjoy to see these. You know, just, there's a lot of people like this that reach out, that support, that tell me that, you know, I actually just sent something today to somebody who said amazingly that in the beginning of all this, they weren't sure what was going on, COVID-19. And, and they were terrified, but they didn't know. And, they, and they, their, their son put the work of T-Lab in front of them. And because of that work, they didn't take any injections. They, they, they lost a lot because of it. They lost, you know, they, they were forced not to take their, they were retiring. They had this huge plan they weren't able to do, but they listened. And I believe they saved their lives. And they sent me this letter saying that they, they believe so as well. But now they're traveling that they've toughed it out and they're out there traveling. This, this beautiful picture of this like, you know, Southeast Asian, just beautiful picture of the water and that they are traveling today and they're healthy and their son is healthy. And, and, and I believe that they're doing that. We make that difference. You and all of us make that difference. And I believe we've saved people's lives for continuing to share the truth. And they reached out and told me that. And I mean, it brings a tear to my eye. I mean, it makes you feel like, you know, we, no matter how much we, feel like you miss things or you fail or you miss this story, that one person is enough that you save people's lives. Now these stickers, I just thought were, I just love the fact that people are making this stuff. This one says, remain terrified, question nothing, stay home. 
Here's one that, oh, and here's his card in case you guys just wanted to grab some of that stuff. Cognitive dissonance. This one just says hoax with different letters. It's all fake news in any case. I just thought you guys would like, like to see them. They just happen to be sitting here. But I just really want to thank you all for supporting this platform. I, mean, we just, I, just, I could sit here and talk for the next six hours, and I would never really express how much it means to me that you all support what we're doing, that we've continued to grow, and we will continue to grow. So thank you for being here, guys. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.